Gonna Go Pizza presents The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle and Adam Wilde. All right, let me, uh, I want to set something up for you. Jesse, this is the most Steve thing that I think has happened at least recently. Oh, good. Okay. I was like, I wonder what Adam's going to start the show. With. Oh, right. That yeah. dumb thing I did like 10 minutes so ago. So we, we <laughs> because we have a special guest in studio today who I will introduce in just a second. Um, He's not as important as I am stupid. Well, he ties into this story. Okay, so this is this is the, the way we need to set this up. So Steve and I decide to walk to Panago. Because we have a guest on, and the tradition is to have some Panago pizza. Mm -hmm. Jesse, you're on a diet, so you didn't want any. No. So we got the buffalo chicken pizza, which is amazing. Mm, Where is it, you might be asking? It's on our tummies. It's it's gone. But it almost wasn't. Why? It almost wasn't, Jesse. Why, Adam? Why? Why? (laughs) It almost wasn't, Jesse, because Steve ordered it online. And we walked into the restaurant, and... Steve, myself, and special guest mm-hmm. are sitting there. We're talking. We're waiting. And someone from Panago kind of looks at us and goes, I'm sorry, are you guys here for something? And he, and special guest and I look at Steve and go, um, well, yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> right? So, Faisal Kamisa looks at me. I look at him. By the way, welcome, Faisal. Thanks, man. Really and, good to be here. Really good to be here. And, St- and we said, Steve, did you not tell them that we were here to pick up the pizza? And he's like... No. <laughs> we said that we've so, been sitting there for ten minutes. So they friends are talking. No. Sorry. They should know that Steve walked in and was there for his pizza. That's not the point. <laughs> Why well, is it did you expect them to know who you were? It's not because I'm a hoity toity yes. fancy man, yeah, I, which I am. <laughs> it's because I I hate ordering things and I didn't want to be rude. They look busy. So how do you I don't get know. stuff ever. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You just expect it. I love oh, here's it's terrible. I love food and I hate ordering things. <laughs> it's such a terrible combination. Well, and and by the way, I Faisal, I think at that moment that was the point where you understood. <laughs> I think that was like the understanding moment. Welcome to the Steve Dangle podcast, by the you. way. We are so happy yeah. to have you here. Thank been, you. A, been a big fan of yours for a while. Thank you. But I think the, the moment we truly connected, and this was well before we met, is when I went to the Grammys and I wore some sick ass shoes. Your and, Quaker Oats shoes. And Jesse and Steve and all these, you know, podcast people who know so much about fashion uh, were ripping oh, me. Oh, I'm for sorry. It. All these podcast people? <laughs> all these podcast people were ripping me about. And you were the one that came in and stuck up for me on those shoes. So I really appreciate those that. Those shoes were dope. Uh, your style was dope. And uh, I'm just going to stare at you through this entire show. Thank you. Mostly well, because of that reason. That's great. So, we'll just look into each other's eyes and blinders ignore these on two over here. Exactly. And, uh, there's no one to my right exactly. or left in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> no, sure everyone okay. loves Adam's blue shirt and khaki shorts. That's yeah. uh, <laughs> blue shirt. We have a blue Adam, shirt Adam got shoes. his uh, Quaker Oats shoes at Best Buy. Apparently, I didn't get them at Best Buy. You got them at Best oh, Buy. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So, Faisal, quickly for anybody yeah. that, that, that doesn't live in Canada, and there are many that listen that do not. Uh, how would you uh, how would you describe yourself and your position at Sportsnet? Uh, kind of like a jack of all trades at Sportsnet right now. Case in point, uh, today hosted updates, mm-hmm. uh, which is my general shift. That's what I do every day. Uh, half an hour on the hour at the bottom of the hour, we do uh, live updates, mm-hmm. kind of informing Canada about what's going on in the world of sports. And there's always something going down, so it's pretty exciting, pretty fun. And today we had the the BJ Upton, sorry, Melvin Melvin Upton, Upton Jr. Junior please. trade once a BJ, now a BJ again, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that added always a, really. <laughs> always a BJ added a wrinkle uh, in my day. Added a press conference in the middle of the day, which is fine. Two o'clock. Uh, Jay's general manager Ross Atkins spoke to the media about the trade. It was great. 
kind of threw to it from the studio, mm-hmm. came back, talked a little bit, threw back to Atkins, who was with a couple of our reporters there. Uh, and then that's it. Stood down, did a couple more updates. And because of the Rogers Cup going down in Canada this week as well, uh, it's a tennis tournament here in Canada. We have a Sportsnet Central show, which is kind of our flagship highlight show, but we have an afternoon kind of evening version this week, uh, bridging between the day session and the night session. Uh, so I was hosting that as well with one of our anchors as well. So it was a busy day, but... I feel awesome. like I'm talking to myself. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, there's a lot of, that's yeah. a lot of stuff. There's yeah. a lot of moving parts there. You, you two, what you guys share is... Uh, you're both on my television an obnoxious amount of time. Yeah, you're welcome. Like, yeah. I can't, I can't yeah. escape either thank of you. Thank goodness yeah. we know how to dress, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I always want oatmeal when I'm, when I'm watching you. I'm like, hmm, I, need, I need some oats. Oh, that's good. You're funny. No, it's seriously like you're on you're on channel one. Mm-hmm. You're on breakfast television. I get in my car. You're on the radio, and I'm like, oh, I, I should listen to the last podcast. We'd oh, he's on that too. <laughs> he's on that. Yeah. So I go to the gym. And I'm like, okay, I'll escape Adam at the gym. And I can't because Faisal's on that TV. And if not, it's Jackie Redmond. <laughs> Jackie. Yes, and also Jackie Redmond. Jackie's everywhere. There's a rule that one of Jackie Redmond, Faisal Camisa, or Adam Wilde is on your television at all times in Canada. I mean, part of the CRTC. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. That's, that's, that's absolutely right. Um, now, Faisal, you've got a really interesting kind of story. You've been at yeah. Sportsnet for four years, yeah. but there's a whole bunch more to you. There's a lot more to me. And and I mean, if, I hope you don't mind me just bringing this straight no, up because we're, we're talking about you. Let's talk. You're a cancer survivor. I am. I am. Yeah. Uh, so, I was 16. 16 years old. And, uh, wow. You know, think about 16. 16 is a pretty dope age. You know, you can get your driver's license, which sweet is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweet, it's actually given a name. That's how great of an age it is. It's a sweet 16. They arbitrarily make a big deal 16, out of it. 16, yeah. That's and we're something just like, yeah. we add a title to. You know? <laughs> I had braces and I was fat, so I don't, I don't know about it. it. was such a great year for me. 16 but. for most people is a pretty good age, all right? Uh, driver's license, you know, yeah. you're kind of winding down your high school life, grade 11, grade 12 transition. Uh, I had my first job at 16. I worked at the YMCA in Saga got to play sports with kids, which is amazing. That sounds terrible. It does not actually <laughs> at all. I don't want to no. even joke about that. That was awesome. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, I was all, about a month before my 17th birthday, kind of got sick. I live in the basement of my house. I have two sisters, which kind of explains why I lived in the basement of sure. my house. That's and actually, that's a good move. You yeah. That's yeah. a solid brilliant, move. Brilliant. Yeah, you got a bunker for sure. <laughs> it's just hid. Uh-huh. Um, the vents though. Uh, <laughs> listen, uh, walking up the stairs, about to go out with my family and uh, kind of just collapse on the stairs, you know, and um, I woke up, I was at the hospital in Mississauga. Uh, before anything, they transferred me to sick kids and that's when I kind of knew, you know, something had kind of, something was kind of wrong here, you know? And uh, I remember getting a whole bunch of tests that night and more tests than I've ever imagined myself ever getting. And uh, the doctor kind of came into this room. Uh, you can tell it's a room for kids because Sick Kids is a hospital for kids, predominantly younger ones. And it's a room full of children's toys and children's magazines. The walls were all painted with like animals and clowns and stuff. And uh, the doctor came in and just straight up said, Faisal, uh, it's cancer. And Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So... So what is that like? Yeah, because everybody talks about that 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 moment, right? Every everybody that I've ever spoken to who's ever had it talks about the moment the doctor walks in and says it's cancer. So you're 16, 16, and 16. you hear those words. What's yeah. that? What is that to you? You almost feel like you're dreaming for a second because there's no way you imagine 
that illness kind of being put upon you. And as a 16 year old, I had no real knowledge of what cancer was or what cancer is. And you kind of only hear about it in relation to older people and some of your sports legends kind of going through stuff like that in their elder parts of their life. And And it's such an invincible age. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I mean. That's what I mean. I was doing all these really cool things at that age, you know, and uh, all of a sudden you get slapped in your face and your body and your legs and your every part of you. And you take 150 steps back, it seems. And I remember hearing it. Uh, kind of squinting and saying, scratching my head almost and saying, what? Like how? And my parents, I mean, they were in the room with me and I'll never forget their reaction more than anything, you know, uh, just kind of sitting there and uh, they were stunned. I mean, they were stunned. I mean, to have this happen to your child, I can't imagine what's going through their mind. I can't imagine how they're reacting. They started crying, obviously started crying as well. And, um, but, you know, again, that, that look that my parents had in their face, it stuck with me because, as a child, you never want to put your parents through something that leads them to react like that. And, and also, and at the, even at that age, they're your, they're your guardians, right? Yes. They're the ones that uh, you look to for strength. Everything, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. They, they've done everything and continue to after that, obviously, as well. And to see them so vulnerable and almost helpless to a degree, because, again, this illness, it, it's such a wild card. You don't know what's, what's going to happen because of it. Uh, obviously, at that current moment, we had no idea. Every time you hear it, you associate it with... You know, you associate it with death. And yeah. to hear that word, um, literally a week after I starred in some high school musical, uh, after playing soccer in a tournament, like, again, you said it, invincible. You felt invincible at 16. You feel like you can literally do anything, you you know, that you want. But you, you get hurt. You get kicked in the leg in a soccer you say, tournament. Right, you're fine the next up, day. We're all good. We're yeah. all good, you know? Oh, yeah. uh, this was not all good, though. I literally didn't leave the hospital for three weeks after that. I had to get treatment started right away. Oh. They found a tumor on top of my heart. Uh, which, which, uh, oh my God, possessed a bit of a risk because generally with cancerous tumors in your body, you can operate on it and then you can have a slight round of treatment to hope that it's all gone. Well, they couldn't operate on this. It's the heart's a pretty major organ. Yeah. You science guy myself, but, uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, I've heard things. Yeah. I've heard things about the heart. Uh, mm. it's a tumor that grew about two times the size of my heart. And, uh, I went to the doctor actually two weeks earlier because I felt a little shortness of breath and, uh, the cardiologist kind of took x-rays and he's like oh it looks like one side of your heart is enlarged we'll give you medicine it'll be all good well it wasn't enlarged Jesus. it was a tumor that kind of grew on top of it and uh the x-ray machine wasn't deep enough to kind of notice that so when i got the mri at sick kids Ugh. uh that's when they kind of found everything and uh again as a guy who you know grew up playing every sport love drama love to be on the stage love to just kind of put myself out there uh this changed everything this literally changed everything, okay so, of course. so what what went on from there like yeah. you did i mean you can't operate on it so you had to go to treatment it's chemo immediately day one you know chemotherapy and uh i don't imagine a lot of people listening and maybe they do and if you do i'm sorry but have had to go through it or have had people go through chemo but it's not just one type of medicine it's a bunch of different kind of medicines associated under the umbrella of chemotherapy it's like so a, it's a Kind of a cocktail. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so is it pills, injections? So I was just going to say, yeah. So there were some pills. There were injections that they had to inject through my leg uh, to treat different parts of your body. There were injections that they had to inject through a long ass needle. Can we swear? We can yeah, do a little yeah. bit. Of that. Uh, I mean, it's a radio. Are we on the sure, radio? Sure. Yeah, but, the, sorry. But, but I think we can get away with that. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, no it's all good. good. Some, uh, a long needle that they injected through my back. And what you'd have to do is you kind of have oh. to crouch and they put it through two different vertebrae. And, uh, oh! So it's almost like a spinal tap. It's a spinal tap. That's a, kind of what it is with an injection of chemo kind of locked wow. in. Is, there a, is that like a new kind of pain? Uh, man, that was still... Uh, look, I've had a bunch of medical things happen to me since then. I'm sure we'll touch on that, but I'll never forget the first needle in my back that missed and hit bone. <gasps> 
Yeah, no, I know, I know. And I thought like, there's a reaction here. I know wow. things are kind of crazy, but uh, that's what they had to do, man. I, I, and again, I don't know the science behind all of it, and I don't think I ever will, and I don't know if I ever want to kind of go figure that out anymore. But uh, you have to, you know, get your back as tight as possible and open up this tiny, tiny gap uh, between two vertebrae and and hope that you kind of hit it. And we we did that like once a week for. I don't even know how long. And uh, so injections there, injections through the chest. They actually, because of how frequent I had to get treatment, they surgically put a port in my chest that uh, had a little tube connected to my neck that oh my injected the chemo straight into my body. So they would just freeze a part of my chest of the scar there. It'll never go. And uh, they injected things through there at some point. And uh, yeah, man, it was, uh, it was so a strong time. So this is a pretty... like. How how intense was this? How aggressive was yeah, this tumor? It was so aggressive. It was pretty aggressive. Again, it was two and a half times the size of my heart. They caught it relatively late. Uh, I'll be honest. The odds they gave me were 50-50. We don't know if this is going to work or not. It's literally flip a coin and you could be dead or you could, you know, right. you could live. And, right. you know, knock on wood, I'm grateful every single day that, you know, when were uh, you, it worked. When, when did you find out that it was shrinking slash you yeah. went into remission? So I, I think, you know, treatment kind of worked right away. They told me every couple months that, the tumor was getting smaller and smaller and that the body was reacting positively. But again, you can say that until it doesn't happen. You know, you, you can say that it's reacting positively until it just stops reacting positively. And, um, so as optimistic as the doctors were, it was hard to really grasp. It was really hard to wrap my head around the fact that everything was going to be okay until I heard that it was going to be okay. And about a year into treatment, they said, yeah, the tumor's gone. We have a year left of treatment. We have to do it, obviously, just to you know continue to clean the body. But uh, that first year was crazy, man. Just treatment every single day. And me trying to be the tough guy that I was, decided I was going to continue to go to school. Mm-hmm. It was grade 12. I, I, you know, I needed to get into university. Yeah. I had life plans to it's go such through. such a you know? key year, you yeah. know? And yeah, yeah. Like development socially and, and, academically yeah. like, it, more than oh anything my. like i was a very social guy a lot of friends and i felt like i'd be left back if if i took that yes. year off and the doctors advised to do that but uh I, I just didn't see myself as a guy who wanted to do that did you lose your hair and everything i was just gonna say i lost my hair went to prom with no hair that year you know and you know i pride myself on my hair i did at 60 you got a fantastic head of hair thank man. you thank Holy. you very much uh that was scary the first day i woke up and saw hair on my pillow i was like man this is not. So my mom's like, let's just go get it shaved off. So we went to go get it shaved off and the hair was so thin that a razor without even being on could essentially remove all of it from my head. And, uh, yeah, sometimes I look back on those pictures and it, it's hard to even realize who I was. That thing, it just kicks your body's butt. You know, the chemo, it, it, it's, a, it's fighting fire you. with it's, fire, right? Yeah. Yeah. It takes every cell out of your body and it drains you emotionally, physically, mentally. And, uh, again, as a 16 year old that wants to be social, come to school, you know, skinny as hell, yeah. no hair on your head, leaving class to go throw up at times. Uh, it wasn't great for the rep, but at the same time, uh, I wasn't doing it for the rep. I, 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 I had life plans again survival, and yeah. uh, had yeah. to do it. But uh, a year in when, when the cancer was good, uh, doctors found problems with my hip. And one of the medicines they give you when you're diagnosed with cancer is a steroid medicine, prednisone. Most cancer treatment, cancer uh, patients have to go through it. Um, but they gave me too much. They overprescribed me on this because, again, I was an older kid at a hospital that predominantly deals with younger children. Right. Oh, yeah. So they, so but you're basically an adult at that I point. I was an right? adult. You know, I was 16, turning 17. I'm very fortunate to have gone to Sick Kids because uh, Sick Kids is the best hospital in the world for dealing with any of these things. In, to be yeah, honest with you, incredible. and I just hit the threshold that allowed me to go there, but. Again, it, ha- it meant they had to kind of improvise the treatment. Not improvise. I'm not saying doctors were guessing with my body, but they had to intensify. I think that's a better word. Intensify the treatment. But 
the prednisone, the steroids actually led to blood uh, to stop flowing to both my hips. And a year into treatment, I had to get both my hips operated on. This was before going to university, the summer before university, where I thought everything would be all right. Can enjoy my summer again. This is it. This is it. This is the one. We've kind of, we've overcome that first hill. We're on our way down from this cancer thing. Getting ready to go to Western. I got accepted into Western. For broadcast? Uh, I'm assuming broadcast. No, for uh, business. Oh, I was, really? I was uh, very interested in getting into investment banking. And I got into the pre-Ivy program at the University of Western, which is one of the prestigious business programs. What have I been doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I'm here right now, right? Yeah, yeah. This is what I'm doing right now. So something didn't work out along the way. In that sense, or something really or something freaking did work out. Sure. <laughs> sure. And actually, it's actually a funny story. But that's because- actually why we had you on this show is because you're just... So unsuccessful. This is the, like, the, the name of this episode should be Faisal makes us feel bad about no, ourselves. No, we're not. The podcast has on a guy. <laughs> Faisal's better than us. Um, okay, so okay, yeah. okay, so your hip. So what kind yeah. of operation is, is that? It's not a hip replacement, is it? So no, we did that though eighteen months ago. We'll get to there. We'll get there in a sec. This was, was that recent. Oh, that sorry, was, sorry, sorry. Yeah. All right, let's, let's, let you tell your let's story. not jump ahead. Yes. All right, we'll, we'll kind of we'll kind of speed up a little bit here. Um, yeah, so July. So I was diagnosed June 1st, um, wow, 11 years ago, 2005. July of 2006, uh, a year into treatment, everything again, looking good. Got accepted to Western eight weeks before I dip, dipped to London, Ontario. Uh, the reputation of Western, not lost upon me, you know, yeah. obviously. It's a party school. It's a party people. So yeah, to go yeah. to. You know, I don't drink, but I can have fun. And I was looking forward to finally having some fun and uh, mm-hmm. starting this next chapter of my life. But, um, you know... As treatment got better in that first year, I started playing sports again. I played everything growing up. I played double A hockey. I played provincial soccer, baseball. I swam. I figure skated. And for prime minister, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you figure skated. I figure skated, which for is the smart. Start, Absolutely. For the hockey and Jeff uh, Skinner figure skated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, and, uh, he's okay. I, think. I was super athletic, and I lost a lot of that because of the treatment that sure. I got for chemo, obviously. And a year in, I started playing again. Everything was good, and then I started feeling this pain in my legs. I figured, all right. Maybe don't rush into the sports right away. Let's slow down and let's wait till this treatment maybe is done and then ease ourselves back in. But uh, it had nothing to do with sports. It it was so with steroids. A rare side effect is that it can cause the tissue to grow over long joints in your body, so your hips, your shoulders, etc. And uh, that's what doctors found in both my hips. It's very rare. I think one in like three hundred thousand people get it in both their hips at the same time. Uh, but hey, lucky me. Uh, this is what happened. And uh, they drilled a hole in both my hips, scraped off a layer of the tissue and hoped and prayed. It's literally a 30% successful surgery that you hope and pray that your bone formation can kind of get back to normal. Um, so that's eight weeks of bed rest as soon as that in surgery summer. was done. In summertime oh, before geez. I leave for Western. I got off bed rest three days before I left to go to University of Western. Uh, again, parents, doctors, man, take the first year off. One more year of treatment. You're literally learning to walk again. Were you walking with a cane or a walker? Double crutches, both sides. Get couldn't, out. You know, one wasn't enough because I'd both operated on, so I couldn't put a lot of pressure on either side. But as true to form, I decided I was going to leave on crutches and continue with my life because, again, that's all I kind of knew, man. My parents, you know, they lived a life of struggle. My dad uh, grew up in Uganda in, in the 70s. Him, along with all the a- other people of Asian descent, were literally kicked out of their country. Much like the Syrian refugees right now, you know, this was the case in the 70s with a lot of um, Was East it Asian. a Christian versus Muslim thing or was it? It, a- it was an Idi Amin doesn't want non, I guess, brown people in his country. So all the Southeast Asians had to get out. They were given 30 days, essentially, to just leave the country. So my dad, his family, refugees. My dad's first dwelling in Canada was in Prince George, Vancouver, before making his way here. And he sponsored the rest of his family to come here and 
set up this life for us, obviously, and came with nothing and, and did this thing where you built up from the ground and, yeah. and raised three kids that have all gone on to live pretty cool lives. So all I knew was about persevering and um, just for my parents and my community and everybody around them. And I didn't know any other way. So when the option came to take a year off, it was one that I no, you gotta, you quickly gotta, diminished. Yeah. I said, I'm not going to do it. And uh, so we went, we went to Western and five years later we graduated and missed a couple degree changes, a couple more surgeries and um, yeah. Hip replacement. Hip replacement 18 months ago. Why? Yeah. So the surgery, as we previous mentioned, 30% successful, wasn't great on the right side at all. And they had actually suggested hip re- getting my hip replaced earlier and earlier and earlier. Just get it done. Just get it done. And I was like, dude, I'm like 20 something. I'm not really about to get my hip replaced right now. You know, uh, you want to keep that. No, thank you. Possible, you know, yeah. no, thank you. Um, and again, I was still trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And a hip replacement meant a lot of time to not do anything, like more so than before. And uh, so it was until I got hired and got a job at the score and eventually Sportsnet when they bought out the company that I decided that I'm secure enough to now go through something like this. And um, one day, November, two years ago, now 2014, uh, yeah, we just did it. We said, all right, we're going to do it. I didn't really think about it until the day of and I was like oh this is happening now eh this is kind of happening <laughs> a big part of my body is going to be gone and a metal joint is going to be put you in you guys noticing a theme here he just just rushes it. He, he just does it right into a lot of <laughs> just jump into not, a, not a, not early, a lot of early 20s thinking about stuff you know you, you, you agreed to a, a hip surgery like it was the iTunes agreement yeah just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's true <laughs> you just clicked it you didn't even read yeah. it you know what it was <laughs> I'll do it it's kind of like that because I, I went to see my orthopedic surgeon he's like all right i think we should get your hip replaced i think i said all right i'm ready for this and he said my secretary will call you in a couple weeks we'll book a date she called me one day in the middle of work she's like hey we have a date in november november 26 you cool i'm like is this it is this is this the conversation and she's like yeah you're okay <laughs> Are to you get cool? your joint replaced at this day i'm like yeah cool thanks Hung up, uh, mom november 26 she's like for what i'm like hip replacement she's like what no consulting or anything i'm like no this is going down I guess this is how yeah. things are done here. Yeah, so. mom, the question was, is that cool? It's, yeah, no, it's not, is that cool? It's like, will you take the day off work to drive me? Because I can't oh drive my myself, you know? Oh. Well, I could, but, so. well, would you like to buy views? Click. <laughs> and just, you just agreed to it. And you, didn't, you didn't read nothing. Uh, you didn't care. So, <laughs> you're just like, well, I heard it's good. I heard it's a good album. So, yeah. so Holy you, smokes, Basil. So you get that done. How, how, many, how many weeks of bed rest is that? It was three and a half months. And oh, That was three and a half months. In the uh, winter. In the winter. Um, you couldn't have gone to school. Well, there was work. I was working at the yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is this is score Sportsnet days now. This is this is Sportsnet. Oh, I'm so, so, oh, Sportsnet right, days. Yeah, right, right, right. We've uh, advanced about six years. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, this is Sportsnet days. Uh, took three months off. It was risky too because again, I'm a young broadcaster trying to find myself yes, in this industry. But I get pain, that the yep. pain in my leg was so unbearable that. It, it it just wasn't worth delaying this anymore. There was nothing left. There was no tissue left between my femur and my hip. It was on the verge of collapsing. That was the risk that it possessed, and uh, I had to get it done. And everybody Boy. at Sportsnet was unbelievably supportive, um, unbelievably helpful, and unbelievably accommodating. Uh, that it, I, I felt comfortable leaving and knowing that I'd be okay coming back. And again, it was a risk because yeah. three months off television when you're just trying to find yourself in yeah. this industry, you could easily be replaced. You could easily be forgotten about. But uh, it is. It can be an out of sight, out of mind yeah, sort of yeah. industry. But I made myself. Uh, I made sure I was keeping myself busy and, and on top of my stuff. So when I came back, uh, did no choice but obviously to keep me going. Which Faisal, is what they did. This is like this has been one of the most incredible, mm. crazy 
stories I've ever heard in no. 20 minutes. Like, I mean, <laughs> truly, that's unbelievable. So how, how is the leg? Are you good now? Yeah. Does it, did you it know work? What? The hip is as good as I felt in maybe, t- in maybe 10 years since that first surgery um, to, to replace that first issue 10 years ago. So, you know, I play soccer every week now. I don't play well anymore. I can't run a lot, but I can move and I'm still smart enough to kind of figure out things that are going on. I go to the gym. Um, you know, a few times a week, do a lot to kind of strengthen the hip. I kind of only focus on strengthening the leg a little bit and let myself go a little bit here, but, uh, it's all good because I know, you know, this is important and I got to make sure the muscle around it kind of grows and the left one's going to need to get done at some point as well. But, um, so I figured let's get as strong as possible until that happens and, and kind of go from there. You know what? Uh, I had a lot of people supporting me as well. There's people that helped train me prior to the surgery so that I could get up off that bed 12 hours after surgery and try to start walking again, which uh, was pretty incredible. And uh, wow. I, again, man, I think uh, a lot a lot of people acknowledge me and say, yo, man, you've gone through a lot. You've gone through a lot. But my family, my friends, uh, my colleagues, I, I can't sit here and, and take credit for everything because they were very, very instrumental in helping me get to where I am now. Literally walking again. Well, um I feel like I've done nothing with my life. Yeah. No, no. See, that's that's not the point. And I, I speak a lot about my story because I think uh, it helps add perspective to a lot of people. And I yeah. think not everyone, again, knock on wood, has to go through what I, I went through at 16 years old. But I think 16-year-olds often see life and think one thing happens. That's the worst thing that's ever happened. Well... It's not, man. Like, I'll tell you, like, some bad stuff that happened at 16. Yeah. Mm. But uh, I like to share my story, not because of what I did, but because it adds a pretty good message to a lot of people. And it helps give them a sense of perspective. It helps talk to them about the importance of keeping a positive attitude and continuing to believe in yourself and continuing to have goals for yourself. Because at 16, 17, 18, 20, when I, you know, when I went through all this other stuff, um, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with my life, but I knew I wanted to do something with my life. And that's why you kept pushing. And that's why you go to school after having both your hips operated on eight weeks earlier. And that's why you go through chemo in the middle of classes and take your reports home so you can take them home. That's called ambition. It's called ambition. And, And again, I, I admire my parents for coming here and starting from nothing. I had an opportunity to take advantage of the school systems we have in Canada, and uh, I didn't want to let myself or anybody else down in that process. Now, I got to stop you because we got to go to break here. Sure. Um, but when we come back, there's there's a lot of actuals, uh, a lot of you and a lot of sports we got to cover. Um, I am absolutely flabbergasted. I had a, a kind of a, a, a like a tight a, a rundown a little bit from Steve about. But I had no idea about any of this. So Faisal Kamisa of Sportsnet on with us right now. We'll be right back on the Steve Dangle podcast next. So uh, we're, I, we're back on the Faisal Kamisa podcast. Yeah, really? I mean, <laughs> takeover. The takeover. Uh, probably the no, most inspired guest we've ever had. And I, no, I honestly, Faisal, uh, you know, um, have only ever heard great things. Uh, we we actually have a, a people who help style us here, yes, Rogers. They're the best. Uh, they are the best. Yes. Deb and why Jess. did you look at me when you said that? Like? <laughs> Because they put me in the Quaker shoes, Steve. Uh, And they were right. Uh, But Jess Jess actually said that... Not me. She's like, you will not meet a guy with a better soul than Faisal Kamisa. And uh, and so I was looking forward to meeting you tonight, and and you know it's it's amazing to hear the story you just heard. By the way, if you missed it, Sportsnet.ca has the entire Steve Dangle podcast every every single episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Faisal, you've overcome some incredible things. Mm-hmm. You're an up and coming anchor. And by the way, how old are you? I'm 28. 28 years old. So you are our age, yeah. and you've gone through all that. Damn. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
Can we talk? Can we talk about some sports with you? Yeah, let's talk about sports. Let's talk, let's talk about, about sports. some sports. Yeah. Damn sports, because there's some things that we got to talk about, especially today. So you you had to deal with the fact that um, Melvin Upton Jr. Yes. is now a, a a Blue Jay, and obviously yeah. when that happens, you're talking about throwing the whole like sports that it's like a, a bomb goes off and everything, all the papers go up, and yeah. it's like okay, we got to throw everything and let's get to the press conference. Yeah. What are your thoughts? And you follow this closely. On this deal, do you think do you think the Blue Jays made a, a good deal? Is it this it, could not be a better deal for the team for a couple of different reasons? One, he's a pretty good baseball player still. Right. You know, he's had a couple down years, uh, maybe two three years ago with Atlanta. Not exactly the Melvin, formerly known as BJ Upton, that played so well for the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, picked it up a little bit in San Diego last year, more so this year. He's very versatile, okay? He he already leads the team in stolen bases just by coming here. He already leads the outfield in assists just by coming here. So uh, he adds more so than just another bat in an already potent lineup. He's very good defensively. He's very fast on the base paths. And they're not paying him much. He has $22 million left between this year and next year. That in itself is a lot of money. San Diego's paying 17 of that $22 million. Wow. How on earth yeah. did they... What, what How was did the, that happen? How do they get to that number? Yeah, so San Diego, the Padres, signed some pretty bad contracts back in... James Shields. James and- Shields, Matt <laughs> Kemp. They, I mean, or, or acquired some bad contracts. Yeah. Same with Upton. They acquired him. Uh, they're not very good. They're supposed to... Well, I guess they thought they'd be good over the last couple of years. Didn't happen. They traded Shields. Uh, they had to eat some money there as well. But if you want to rid yourself of an asset and bring in your younger players... This is what you have to do. You kind of have to take some money. Uh, they got a prospect who they're pretty high on. I don't think a lot of Jays fans, including myself, heard of him until today. Hansel nope. Rodriguez seems like a fairy tale. Literally, somebody, <laughs> some reporter asked Atkins a Hansel and Gretel question today, which he was taken back by. But uh, <laughs> that's an odd time to be asking. Really, that. save your pun for your report. You know, yeah. because it's not the time. But uh, that and that's was, a sports uh, net, F Camisa. Yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with Toronto m- losing maybe one or two outfielders next season, Saunders and Bautista, both free agents, uh, Upton has another year on his contract. It's like a stress-free, pretty good replacement to either of those guys. And might I say, maybe plays better right field positionally. Definitely plays better right field than Jose Bautista. And I think, and this is just me postulating, I think we're going to get to a point where Bautista is going to become predominantly the DH on this team. Saunders, Pilar, Upton will dominate the outfield and Smoke will probably lose some playing time as a result of that. Okay. But that's a pretty good problem to have because, again... Um, the bats, the lineups, super, super strong, and Upton's going to add to that. Amazing. Now, a lot of Blue Jays fans really only started paying close attention last year. <clears throat> Me. Uh, <laughs> a year ago, basically, this week, when David Price came to town and Troy Tulowitzki came to town. Well, it started with Troy Tulowitzki, yeah. and it's almost a year to the day, and Atkins teased, we're not done. Yeah. We're not done. Yeah. And that's exactly what the trade felt like. This is just the start. So what? what's what's next? So he said this today, and Atkins, who's there, Atkins said um, he's on the screen right now. Well, he's in the literally studio. on the screen. For anybody right listening now, on the radio who can't see, they sorry, are what their means. Sorry, sorry. Steve does they it all the time. They can see it's where okay. we're pointing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Atkins said today, um, how you know they're not going to look to add major major assets to this team. They're a pretty balanced team, and he challenged reporters to find a pitching staff that's been. As good as they've been, the Jays' starting staff and Aaron Sanchez, he credited a big part of that. Uh, Hap Estrada, Dickey, mm-hmm. and Stroman, uh, Dickey Stroman struggled here and there this season, but for the most part, 
nothing too, too disastrous. And uh, the bullpen, we know, everybody knows. It needs a bit of help. You can find relievers at the mm. trade deadline. Or is that not Aaron Sanchez when they inevitably move him? Yeah, so it could be Aaron Sanchez, likely will be Aaron Sanchez, just based on all the writing on the wall uh, right now. Um, but again, a depth starter, a depth reliever, you're not giving up top guys for that anymore. Uh, you're not looking to get an Aroldis Chapman uh, like the Cubs got on Monday, who gave up four people, four prospects to get him. I mean, Upton, a lot of people were questioning how the Jays got him so relatively cheap. They gave up a Class A prospect who they signed from the Dominican last year or the year before. Uh, you're not losing much in that, right? So I think we're going to see a lot of similar deals like that get done. Think think Mark Lowe, think LaTroy Hawkins, guys that come in, maybe not too heralded, but mm-hmm. they just get the job done. They mm-hmm. just come in, one or two outs here or there, maybe an inning if needed, and then turn the ball over to Grilly, who's been amazing, yes. Cecil, who's picked it up, and of course, Roberto Osuna, and if Aaron Sanchez is back there, well, oh. you have a pretty lethal bullpen in itself. So, Right. Now, um, that brings us to... And I don't... By the way, I know this is a hockey podcast, but it's the middle of the summer, and we got, we got actual interesting stories and the Chicago White Sox are better than any Vancouver Canucks story better than any Montreal Canadian story they are the best story besides the New York Knicks who would have won the 2011 championship I think (laughs) Uh, the New York Knicks is is hilarious in itself but what is going on with the Chicago Black or sorry White Sox is the best and if you haven't been paying attention Chris Sale he is their ace, okay? Now, this is one of the guys that stuck up for Adam LaRoche when Adam LaRoche walked away from the team with his kid in spring training because Kenny Williams, who's their president, didn't like the fact that his kid was in the dressing room every single day. And Butch, by the way, he never should have been. Sure. That's I, insanity. I actually agree with that, yeah. Insanity. Yeah. So, Chris Dale was sticking up for him at that point, and I, I think that there's a little bit of friction there. So, then we have throwback night with these... Ugly ass Chicago White Sox jerseys. Now I thought they looked very classy. They're first off, you don't tuck them in, so they're like big sweaters. The second thing is they've got these huge collars on them. Yeah. Now I guess the starting pitcher in baseball, as a rule, gets to pick the jersey that the team some teams, wears. Yeah, for some, some teams. teams, I guess in Chicago that was the case at Chris Sale, especially because you know he's best yeah. pitcher in baseball. Yeah. One of them. If he wants a certain jersey, he'll get a certain jersey because he's pitching. Now, that night, though, they're like, well, we're giving away 40,000 of these or something like that. So they're like, we can't do that. So you're going to have to you're going to have to play with that jersey on. And again, I let me I cannot stress enough. These (laughs) are like bad. Yeah, like triple XL shirt for a normal person. And they they hang down. They don't they don't tuck in and they've got these big collars. I don't know why anybody would want them. The first thing I thought when I saw them was game blouse. Yes. Yes. So he <laughs> that was the first thing I thought. So Chris Sale goes to the lockers after being told that they're going to go with these jerseys whether he likes it or not and cuts the collars off, not just his jersey, but every single every jersey. Every jersey. Every single jersey. Like that's active and Time consuming. Like, <laughs> what kind of? How sharp does your knife have to be? Like, and who's got a knife like that yeah. in the train? Wait, he did it with a knife. Yeah. 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 Okay, now I'm scared. Right? I thought he was doing it with scissors. No, nah, man. Apparently, this it was a is knife. for sale. Apparently, it was a knife. Listen, how? How does nobody stop him? Who's sitting that takes there a while. watching all the jerseys get cut and says, all right, let's just, he'll probably stop after the next, you know, probably one more. Yeah, 15 okay, in. Okay, maybe that back row and then we'll leave the other ones. We've got backups. Row. No, every, how? 
Who doesn't stop him? I don't get it. I don't get it. The first thing I tweeted was, Drake LaRoche wouldn't have let this happen. That's right. You think Sale cuts up all the jerseys if there's a kid in there kind of watching him, idolizing him, and those teary eyes, yeah. almost watching his idol collapse in front of his eyes? But um, <laughs> I, I just don't get it. I don't know why he needs to cut them all off, but... There are crazy people out there. They're like, man, I hope somebody puts those cut jerseys up on eBay so I can yeah. bid on that because, you know, that's oh, now a collector's that item. Is. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely is. I'm one of those crazy people. I would love to I have a piece of that jersey. I that, think that'd be kind of cool. That's memorabilia worth having, especially mm-hmm. if you could get him to sign it. <laughs> that'd be cool. <laughs> but here's my, here's my question. This is for everybody in the room, okay? So, P.K. Subban. Yes. Character issues, right? Quote, totally. Unquote, quote, character quote, yes. issues. Steve, you actually read me a tweet while we were walking out to get pizza. Oh. And this is great. It was uh, it was basically a, a, a an NHL source told me that uh, PK Subban was late uh, to practice eighteen times and oh and in the tweet he goes a uh, source told me last week the so first you, thing that struck me was last week why did you sit on yeah, that for a yeah. week for some reason? hang on to that one for a week yeah and put it out when time is right you know <laughs> Tuesday <laughs> afternoon that's, that's the one that's, that's what you do day. with a good yeah. scoop you wait you wait um, and, and the other thing about that that's funny by the way it's a reporter from Ottawa do we know the name uh, Grant McCagg okay so he follows me on Twitter so he's probably a good guy uh, yeah he probably is but but, <laughs> what? I mean, that, but Grant um, but, but here's the other thing when you say practice it could mean like pregame skates which by the way the Montreal Canadiens do every time and all the players rumored to hate it. In fact, we have actual sources that tell us they hate it. <laughs> they hate uh, it yeah. and, and nobody wants that. So PK shows up to practice, if that is even true, late a few times. Chris Sale uh, cuts the freaking jerseys up. <laughs> no and one's yes, talking about character, right? No one talks about character. And this is what we always go back to with PK. Is it, I can't, I, for, for the life of me, and I hate to bring it to this, but it cannot just be a character thing with him. There has, there is something else there that's not, that's not above board, shall we say. One, one thing I've done over the last couple of years is uh, I've optimistically gone, no one can be that dumb. And over the last couple of years, I've allowed myself to go, yes, they can. Yes, they can. Yes, yes they, they can. absolutely can. Maybe they're just that dumb. Because people <laughs> are, are sticking up for him going, well, at least he's passionate. Chris Sale, that is. Come on! You, uh, that's you might what, be crazy. You might be crazy. You might be crazy. You might be crazy. You to do that. Yeah. If I went into the wardrobe room and just started cutting <laughs> up all my suits, they're not going to be like, all right, all right. You might get a five game. Yeah. Five day. You know, you get a week off. <laughs> no, you're done. We paid money for those suits. Jeff Merrick comes in. What have you done? What have you done to my suit? <laughs> <laughs> it's not even wardrobe. I bought this. What are you doing? It's from. It's a more special day. Oh, come, oh. I. I just. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll get fired. I'm saying. Yeah. Well. <laughs> fired. Duh. And then that's the thing. I mean, you can't fire an athlete who's under right, a guaranteed of contract. Course, of course. Now he is probably going to get traded in the offseason, although I would love to see him in a Jays uniform. Oh, everybody if, if we could just If we could just keep him in a bubble and have him not talk to anybody <laughs> in the dress room because I'm afraid of what he would do. But, you know, I, I, I know that they're completely different sports, and yeah. I know they're completely unrelated incidents, but I feel like there's a comparison to be drawn there. And I, I really don't... Just because of the, the, the way these things are handled, I just don't see how... Whatever it... Uh, I just I, I, the narrative is interesting. Well, has he played since Chris Sale? Yeah, no, no he's he'll been play spending. on Thursday. He's pitching Thursday against the Cubs. Five games. They gave him five games, which, which is one start. One Effectively, start, yeah. it's one start, right? One That's a joke for pitchers. Absolutely. You yeah, and they need him to pitch five games. You miss one start. That's it. That's it. 
like suspending the backup goalie. <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> yeah. except a starting pitcher is obviously an integral part of your team, but you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 The guy's not getting in, you know, that often. He's We're suspending Al Montoya. Oh, nuts. <laughs> <laughs> now what are we going to do? Like, We'll have to bring up Kay Whitmore. Yeah, it, it only matters <laughs> once every five games, yeah. right? Yeah. I anyway, it was to me. I mean, maybe it's a maybe it's a bit of a stretch to make that. I know but what I you're just trying to say it. I think it is. It's. I don't think it's much of a stretch. I just think you're not going to find a lot of people talking about it because it's. It gets into an uncomfortable conversation. I think right because, um, it it, it comes down to more than you know the person their their abilities and and what they say. It, it comes down to a lot of. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to. You know, Faisal. You go ahead, buddy. Just say it. You can say what you want, as long as it doesn't damage your career, because yeah, we've already so damaged. What, we've only kinda, damaged our own. Kind of take a step back. Was, no, <laughs> not saying it, saying it, but it, it just comes down to more of the words and the actions versus a certain look of a person, and and I know that's the case uh, with a lot of things, and. Uh, no, I'll stop there. I Fair enough. I'll stop there. Fair enough. Right. We know what you I'll mean. All right. All right, let's let's do something that's a little less divisive. Cool. We've got the Islanders who are, by the way, so happy in Brooklyn. Have the oh, Islanders so told happy. you how happy they are in Brooklyn? Because they're so happy in Brooklyn. Well, I know John Tavares is happy in Brooklyn. He's, he, he wouldn't count on him signing with the Leafs in yeah. a year and a half, which is great. Uh, but the the one I, the part I wanted to talk about is they're so happy in Brooklyn, they're moving to Queens. <laughs> now, is that official? No, but no, that is but the... They're thinking about it. Brooklyn didn't work out too well, did it? No. But here's the thing. We knew that yeah, Brooklyn wasn't going to... Of gonna... course we did. And it we made back... fun of it from the start. Well, the off-center rank, the fact that half the freaking... Well, a whole section of seats cannot see the whole ice. You can't see the whole ice there. What? And the, we were and saying, they, what, if the, what if they make the final, right? They're a strong team. What yeah, if they make the Stanley team, Cup sure, final? Sure, Goes to game seven. Goes oh, to overtime. That, and you miss kinda... the goal. Well, the best part was them saying, well, they can watch on their phones. <laughs> oh, ah! Remember, they actually said that. You can watch on your phone. Yeah, let me not react live and wait for the 40-second delay on my phone. Then I'll cheer with everybody yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to work out. It's can everyone sit well. down until I see yeah, this? Yeah, guys. Oh, guys, please. Spoiler alert, guys. Spoiler alert. Come on. It's like Game Come of Thrones. On. Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's, so there's that. And I, I, again, Steve, it goes back to what you just said, which is... Can people really be this dumb? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, the answer is yes. Well, now we're in Queens, though. And right, our well, people in Queens right are Right next care. to City Field. Yeah, I think the Mets are helping yeah. them out. They're going to... See, that's cool. Partnership with them and... That's boom, brilliant. New, new arena or existing? A new one, it would be. They would build one. A so. hockey-specific one? <laughs> Sounds like it. Oh, well, they're playing in a basketball-specific stadium right now. Which, by that's the way, I'm saying. <laughs> if you are building a specific sport, anything, covered arena... That's a poor business decision. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what Richard Petty said poor, when, he, when he came in here. Because they don't make money as it no. is, these stadiums. No. Right? Wasn't the ACC initially supposed to be Raptors only? Yes, it was. And he yes, said, it was. Nah. And they said, no, make it hockey. And it kind of worked out for them, right? A little bit. Well, I mean, he well. even said when the, when when he he headed up Skydome, right? When it was Skydome. He said it was, it even in the first four years, they barely even broke even. And they had every concert in town. The the Jays were at the very very best. Like from eighty eight to ninety two, ninety three, they were they, they were, were one of the top teams in yeah. baseball. They were setting attendance records, and he said they barely broke even then. Wow. Then, so you can imagine, right? What's happened since? And now it's an older stadium, and now it needs to be upgraded, and I, all of those things. So, I, I find it I find it very funny that Barclays 
I, whoever the company is, Barclays just sponsors it. But I find it very funny that whoever put the money into this made it a basketball specific. <laughs> and now, now they have to go out and, and build this stadium. I think it's brilliant, though, in one way. Because the Mets are New York's second team. Right. And the Islanders <laughs> are New York. The Islanders, right? Yeah. yeah. New York. They yeah. even kind of share the same color palette. Yeah. It kind of it makes you why wonder not? why I didn't that have it before. Yeah. The New York others. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, it's like Hall and Oats. They're the Oats. <laughs> you know, like. The silver medals. Yeah. I, I mean, for everybody in that area, I mean, it would give them a, a rabid fan base, which is used to seeing disappointment, and the Islanders are good at that, so, I mean, <laughs> the Mets are good at that. The Mets are pretty good at that as well, exactly, right? yeah. Right? So, yeah. anyway, I, I, I thought that was hilarious. Um, and the last thing I think we want to talk about before we before we cut and, and go to the actual, um, the podcast part of this, where we can open it wide up and we can swear and do whatever we oh, want. What? So, we got Holland at 1.3 for the Leafs. We've got Corrado at 600000 for the Leafs. Yes. Steve, Faisal, what do you guys think? First of all, nobody really wants to go into a meeting with Lou Lamorello do that because all no. these cases getting pretty settled pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. I feel like going into a meeting with Lou Lamorello means you're leaving in tears at some point because I don't think he cares. Does he care? He We're definitely like, doesn't care. trying to rip you apart. I think it, it's funny. He cares less now than he ever, <laughs> ever has. Did? Sure. Because sure. with the Devils, like at least he had like There was a legacy. Long, yeah, there was legacy. There was a long established relationship with some of these guys. Maybe he gets to know their family. You think Lou Lamorello knows the Corrados that well? <laughs> the Hollands? He just got there. And you know you don't have a you don't even have a Hart Trophy nomination or a Norris or a Stanley Cup, and I just got here and I'm 73 years old and I kind of want to sit down. Like, <laughs> oh I, I, I don't want to have to worry about this. Take your stupid contract and shut the hell up. <laughs> like, that's what they're dealing with. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. And they got Peter Holland and Frank Corrado for less than two million combined. That's pretty good. They have that's a lot of players, smart. don't they? They got some moves to make, though, still, don't they? Well, that's to be seen. So I saw an interesting tweet from General Fanger because that's exactly what I thought. So hmm. they still got Martin Marinson to sign. I don't know what he's going to command. Let's say the number is two. If let's say he commands two million dollars, yeah, and let's say they sign Jonas Enroth, and let's say that is one point five million dollars. I'm completely pulling numbers out of nowhere. Sure, Enroth made roughly that last year, I think. If Jared Cowan succeeds in not getting bought out, the Leafs are in trouble, mm-hmm. and they got to make a move, or they got to rely on LTIR or something. If they do get the Cowan buyout to go through, they might not even need LTIR to hit the cap. Wow! So supposedly they're in an, in a better position than I thought for sure. Even with Lupul, even with Lupul, interesting. That's what General Fanager said. So. Someone said we should just like have him as the fourth guy. <laughs> We're always citing him. Yeah, well, yeah, we should. Um, what's interesting with Lupul, too, is that if he does come back, and he does play, because we did think he was going to you know, live out his years on Robidoux Island, take his money, and, and golf in L.A., I don't think he wants to do that. It could be another pump-and-dump situation. Don't be surprised if Joffrey Lupul's on the first and second line most nights. Nah, I'll, yes, I will absolutely be surprised. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I will be. I will be. Uh, they got too much young talent, and if that talent is on your roster, you have to develop you it. You kind of have to develop it and put them up there and let them fail in those situations, I guess, right? Exactly. Yeah. Other, oh, th- this season, I think, is going to be spectacular for the LFR videos, for sure. Oh, yes. Because on every night, they're going to give me a reason to scream. 
Whether I'm going, yes, Matthews, it was a sick goal, or why would you make that pass? Oh, because you're 18. Oh, right, yeah. right. <laughs> oh, because you're 19. Oh, they're, oh, they're going to be a frustrating and exciting team, but you have to give them that room to explore right. the player they are, to because develop... You know? At are the you end excited? of the day, they're 18, oh, 19, I'm so 20. Excited. Like, yeah. There's a genuine excitement, which I think is fair, because, again, there are some pretty talented kids here, but can this can this work? Can this development work? Can they get a guy in to kind of compliment these? I don't know. There's a lot of people thought, hey, Stamkos is here, this accelerates everything, but they're still the worst team in the league that just kind of added the first overall pick, which is going to be good, but... They yeah, added right? a little bit. They got some young talent in the lineup. Uh, the goalie situation just got a little bit better. Well, I got I got a wrap for now. Just on the on the on the radio side, guys. Sure. So this podcast is brought to you by Panago Pizza. It's what's on the inside that counts. What we do have to get to though is Steve. Uh, Steve talked to Max Pacioretty today. Oh yes, and I and I interviewed Max Domi today. So the, the Maxes. Ah. We hit the Maxes today in the NHL. So I actually have Max Domi's thoughts on. Frederick Anderson, Mitch Marner, and Austin Matthews. And Steve has Max Pacioretty's thoughts on the big trade out of Montreal. Oh, yes. Or, and and uh, if, if you liked Faisal's story from mm-hmm. uh, Block 1 of the show, um, we actually uh, know of a way I think you can uh, help sick kids. Yeah. So I uh, did a little toy drive for sick kids. Um, the first round of toys was just sent to sick kids last week. It was unbelievable. I put it out there on June 1st, which is the anniversary of me being diagnosed and me stopping my treatment as well. Uh, I got 102 boxes of toys, which is over wow. 2,000 items uh, in itself. Wow. I'm clapping too because yeah. the credit goes wow. to the internet world who uh, helped contribute it. And again, I see a lot of hate on the internet a lot of times, but uh, for the last six weeks collecting these toys, it was uh, genuine joy for me just reaching out and, and connecting with people that wanted to help. And uh, when we took it there, they were overwhelmed at the hospital. Uh, I was overwhelmed and uh, I interviewed my parents that day, did a little piece on that. And uh, yeah, no, if you want to help, Amazing. obviously get in touch and we can make sure that happens. All right. So we, uh, we're we going to go to the podcast section now. Uh, download it at sportsnet.ca or on iTunes or anywhere you would find a podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We are the Steve Dangle Podcast. All right. So Steve, you were where today? I was at the MasterCard Center for Hockey es- uh, Excellence. Es- okay. Escalates. Escalates. Um, cool. Leafs practice facility for G-Camp uh, that is put on by Gatorade. And bas- basically, they've brought a bunch of kids from around the country who have uh, cool and inspirational stories. Um, and they brought them to this camp to you know train and, and get a cool experience and stuff and work out and do all these on-ice drills. What they didn't know was... Uh, that first thing in the morning, everyone who was doing the dry land training got surprised by Max Pacioretty. Cool. Comes out, Montreal Canadiens captain, and everyone who did the on-ice training got surprised by Johnny Gaudreau, who, by the way, blended in amazingly <laughs> with yeah. the 14-year-olds he was on the ice with. <laughs> Hilarious. Can, um, can he even grow a beard yet? Oh, my God, no. Oh, oh my God, no. Um, and then later in the day, uh, they, uh, the dry land group goes onto the ice and they're walking single file onto the ice, and then someone comes out of a out of one of the locker rooms and just joins them in the line and just starts skating laps with them. Doesn't even announce he's there. It's John Tavares, <laughs> and uh, who was the other guy who went up to do dryland training? Oh, it was Brent Burns. Well, he kind of doesn't blend in. <laughs> no, this is a great thing. So Patrick just hid by like kind of putting a cap on and like turning his back to everyone. Like Brent Burns can't hide, so he just fully embraced it. They're like, "Oh yeah, we have our Gatorade scientist here," and he just put on a doctor's coat and was like, "Hello, everybody." He's missing all his teeth. He's got his giant pirate beard. 
I'm Dr. Burns. <laughs> He's wearing shorts under the lab coat. You can see the crazy tattoos and everything. Oh, yeah. So they knew. Yeah, they knew oh, right yeah. away. <laughs> so you, you, you got to talk to, to Max Pacioretty, obviously, and, and the, I think... Uh, this this one minute clip is very very interesting. Well, it's he's a I mean he's a he's, he's on a hot button team, Adam. He is with a questionable management group. Oh heavens! Now he we haven't say spoken that. about that on this show. No, not at all. Now, Steve, the way you asked this question is beautiful. I don't know how you kept a straight face, but let's have a listen. So we're halfway through the summer, and the trade is still all anybody can talk about. Um, how improved do you think the Leafs are now that they have uh, Freddie Anderson? Because, I mean, they had to give up Jonathan Bernier to do it, you know? Yeah, I didn't see that question coming out that way, but I think they will be improved. Okay. I think uh, the Leafs have a very, very bright future. Absolutely. The, they have all the right pieces in place to, to have a very good future, obviously, with the first overall pick, uh, Freddie Anderson. And uh, great management and great coaches. So, uh, you know, unfortunately for us, we're in the same division, and our division's going to get a little bit better as, as the years go on. But uh, that's what makes us competitors. Yeah, well, I mean, it absolutely is unfortunate, but, but that's, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. You know, it's a challenge. Yeah, I think uh, I think Shea Weber Weber will be great too, and I think uh, PK is going to enjoy Nashville. Oh, is that? Oh, that's where you're going with that, right? Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> I found that interesting. That no, you, the fact that you didn't even bring it up, and he still stuck to the script on that. Yeah. Okay. Now, a few people tweeted because he could have left me. it. Yeah, yeah. A few people tweeted at me. He could have left it, and he had to bring it up, didn't he? Okay. Let me because I was does. there. Now I get to tell you. So uh, Luke Fox of Sportsnet.ca was there, and he did an interview with Max Pacioretty, and he was far more professional than I. <laughs> Uh, it, was, it was about 15 minutes, and a lot of that 15 minutes was, of course, about that trade. So it was already on his mind. He went from talking to Luke to immediately picking up his phone and doing a phoner on the radio. I don't remember what station or what show. Uh, and uh, so he had gone straight from doing those two things to me going, Hey, man, uh, I, I got a question for you. <laughs> and then I bring up the trade. The reason I asked him that was he was in the same room as I was, and I was like, hey, you know what would be funny? <laughs> the, the reason we shot that clip is because I heard him talking about it. So he'd it been talking he about, it, about it, talking about it, and talking about it. Yeah, so it was, it was fresh in his mind, so of course he mentioned it. Yeah, it wasn't like he was like, and that PK guy, screw that guy, glad he's out of the locker room. Well, he still could have left it, though, do you not think? Absolutely, oh. think he could have left there was no need to bring it up. I mean, he didn't have to bring it up at all. He didn't all. have to bring it up, right? I mean, that was his break. That's that was it. his escape. He had point. the break. That's it. He had a chance to just have some fun, get this off his mind, but he chose not to. Typical hockey player media training. <laughs> don't actually listen. Like, I mean, just, just they revert back. It's not that they don't listen, they just revert. I was so close to being like, so we got to talk about the big Habs move, uh, Bobby Farnham. You know, that's, that's, a good, that's a good death move. You know, what, what, do, what do you think? I was so close. I, the, one, the one I didn't do, it's just, okay, I knew Max Pacioretty would play along, okay? It, if you're going to do something goofy like that, you got to have someone who's going to play along. It almost would have been better if he didn't. Oh. If he'd gotten mad, Maybe. I think it would have been great. We'll see. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, the one I had was Tavares. I was going to be like, so, you know, you're the captain of the Islanders, uh... You know, gotta know. Uh, Steven Stamkos re-signed in Tampa Bay. Like, what a mistake, right? <laughs> like, I was, was going to say, sure took like, a haircut, <laughs> don't you think? Yeah, I was going to be like, like, do you see other players in the league doing that in two years? Like, do you? Because that seems like not a, a the right thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> and I feel like he wouldn't have no. handled that with uh, good humor. And then it was proven to me because someone, it turns out, did interview him. And it, and I guess they asked him about signing with the Leafs in two years, and he said, I wouldn't count on it. So, Well, of course he did. And that is true. Of yeah. course he did. Oh, he took a swipe at the Leafs, did he? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. How dare no, he? No, he just said he's no. not going to sign just, here. That's just <laughs> said what he should be saying at this yeah, point. Yeah, oh, captain by other team. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no, he's all right. Yeah. Um, the thing, uh, the other thing I want to do is I want to, if it's okay, this is kind of self-aggrandizing, but I want to play this clip with Max Domi. Because he was great. He was talking about diabetes on breakfast television this morning. I didn't have a problem with you playing a clip of me. Uh, oh, it is your show. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, but the thing was, I had to ask him about about the Leafs. So I'm gonna uh, we'll start like this. And a little secret. And Max is probably gonna kill me for this. Um, he said, "You pumped about the Leafs." <laughs> so should we be pumped about the Leafs this year? Yes, you should. Really? Yeah. Okay. So what, you you you've played you played against Austin Matthews. Yeah. You played with Mitch Marner, another one of their top prospects. What are your What are your thoughts on these guys? They're going to be good. They're, They're going to be, be good for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. But, uh, okay. Well, no, I mean, we're, we're in the Eastern Conference, asked. so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, Austin's a great kid, and so is Marner. So I'm looking forward to see how they do next year. And uh, you also played the new Leafs goaltender a lot last year as he was in Anaheim. Uh, Frederick Anderson. Yep, he's uh, also a stud. Yeah, so he is. Yep. You think so? Yep. Okay. And you don't walk around just calling anyone a stud. <laughs> no, I don't. It's <laughs> very selective. Now, you've come from, I mean, obviously, you grew up a Leafs fan. Ty played with the Oh, Leafs. whatever, Ty Domi stuff. Well, well, <laughs> the point is, he was talking about the Leafs, and I got, I, I was so proud that I got Max Domi to talk about how great the Leafs are going to be as a Torontonian. I'm just such a dick. I was listening to that clip, and all I could think of, okay, yeah, so you don't, you don't walk around calling everyone a stud. Like, for example, who's not? <laughs> like, yeah. for example, oh. who's, who's bad? Imagine? Who's bad? Like, Bernie <laughs> Anderson, like, they clearly won that, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> they're clearly better now, oh right? Oh, my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> yes. Are you excited about having to take shots at Bernie? I mean, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how many times have you seen that YouTube clip of Oliver Ekman Larson <laughs> scoring on him? Like, <laughs> oh, how many right. times have you seen that clip? Well, he's. we were talking before, and, and this is not anything that could get Max in trouble, but um, and not that he said anything that could, but oh. one of the things he did say was he's like, we were talking about Oliver Ekman Larson, and he said if he was in, if he was playing in Toronto, that guy would have won two Norris's already. He said he is that good. The, well, how many would Drew Doughty have won then? <laughs> probably nine, am I right? Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> Be the Chris Pronger of our era. I, I, it's, oh. it's, a sh- it's a shame in a way, not that he plays for the Coyotes, it's a shame he gets ignored. And it's a shame the way the voting works because there are less reporters there, quite frankly. Um, pe- sorry to cut you off there, Faisal. Um, people saw that... Uh, Faisal isn't talking like 10 minutes here. We can't have you overshadowing no, the whole thing. Because you do the sports reports. Yeah. So how does that work with the Western Conference teams yeah. and all the four sports? We don't talk about them a lot. Yeah, no. yeah like, honestly. <laughs> we talk about Canadian teams a lot when yeah. we do the updates during yeah. the day, only because our audience, our Canadian yeah. audience. Yeah, yeah, of course. That of course. kind of makes sense. You dictate, or you go with what your market dictates. And uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe not. That's, how, how could you say that? Like, what, what? I need to know. I, I'm going to ask a question that a lot of people have asked. Why is Toronto always on the TV? Well, what can we do to get Toronto sports off the TV? Okay. Um, well, I don't know because they've been bad for a lot of years and they're still predominant conversation topics in this country. And I don't, yeah. know, I don't know why. You know, I just grew up here, so that's why I've noticed them always my, in my entire life. But I don't know why they're on TV so much. There's some more interesting stories out there, aren't there? Well, sometimes well, that's the thing is that the Leafs were such bad screw-ups for, for, for a long time. It's almost like... 
it's not like these narratives were were not interesting. They were interesting hockey stories a lot of the time. Is, you know, is the, it possible there is a demand for Toronto sports talk? Yes, <laughs> yes, but again, there is a demand, but I don't know what set that demand. I don't know why the whole country seems to care about what happens in Toronto. The bunch of people. <laughs> the numbers, Faisal. There's more. Yeah, but I know. There's more. So that's what you Sorry. wanted from me. Okay, cool. There's more yeah. people in Toronto. That's why we talk about Toronto a lot because so many people there got to watch it. Cool? Yeah, I'm just being a dick. No, I know you were. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Steve, before you cut off Faisal and he cut you off and Jesse cut you off and then to introduce Faith? Uh, there was a lot happening there. So people saw the Pacioretty video yeah. and then they saw that Burns was also there. And uh, they were like, ask him if he thinks Downey should have won the Norris. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you? I should have. I didn't. I'm Could you? Would you? Would you? Just to just because people told me to, yeah. Just because people <laughs> essentially dared me to. I think. Yes. I think you, especially <laughs> with a good reason to do things. Yeah. You know? I think so. People Peer pressure. <laughs> yeah, that never went poorly. No, <laughs> that that type of idea never went poor. I, you know what? I I have to say it would be a little bit intimidating because I think Brent Burns in real life. I've never met him, but I think he'd be kind of freaky. I so they were He's playing big. archery tag. I watched him fire an arrow at someone and in the same movement grab an arrow out oh. of the air that someone fired at him. Superhero. <laughs> And then wow. dance around and scream with it, not worrying that someone would hit him. Because what fool would shoot at him oh after God. that? Yeah, seriously, Faisal. Who is your interview that you like? That that was the best interview I ever did. It's a pretty interesting question. Seeing how I haven't interviewed many people in my lifetime. Uh, again, I do a lot of studio stuff, so mm-hmm. I don't get to branch out and do a lot of. Uh, oh, you will. Player, you will. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I just remember being in the Jays locker room the day Colabello got suspended. Uh, I was there wow. doing some some uh, Facebook Live stuff for Sportsnet, so I kind of stuck my head into the scrums and talked to the players and stuff. And to just to be in that locker room that day, and you can tell there was a tension in there because uh, things were kind of delayed that day more so than usual. And then to talk to the players who said a lot about you know said a lot while not saying a lot it was kind of nerve-wracking and intimidating because again i don't have a lot of experience uh being out in the field and actually talking to players like sometimes we'll have a, a random remote interview mm-hmm. or indie cars in town so somebody will stop by or james hinchcliffe will stop yeah. by and kind of you know or tagliani or something yeah and, and it's kind of like a casual conversation just nothing crazy but uh being in that locker room that day was just kind of intimidating because all the players were super tense and you can tell that this was something that they were kind of shocked by or or kind of taken back by. And uh, I don't know why. I'll never forget just kind of being there, what, three months ago now and and kind of just, whoa, this, yeah. this kind of happened. So there, there isn't a specific player, but that incident, uh, I still get nervous because I was like, I don't want to do anything wrong in this locker room. You well, know? I don't want to break any rules here mm, by saying something or tweeting something or revealing something. And um, yeah. Sorry. Well, no, no, no. I think it's interesting that you say that because I imagine because, you know, those players that when they get interviewed, they're in autopilot mode a lot. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and so when that happens, you're not in autopilot mode. Now you're feeling now you're just a raw nerve. Yeah. You're on that the, team. A lot of the interview moments I remember the most are when players have been devastated by some mm-hmm. for me. I've never seen like a suspension or anything like that, but like crushing losses like in a gold medal game. Stuff like that. It's yeah. I went to awkward. spring training and I and I, I talked to players there and I mean that was nothing. And no, lose. I don't think anybody remember the score as they walked into the locker room. Oh, there, but you, you gotta know? go to you got to go to spring training. Spring training was awesome. Oh my god, man! In April, go to spring oh. training. If people listening, if you're looking for a cool sports thing to do, 
just go to Florida in March and go watch baseball at a crappy stadium and a very intimate atmosphere with like 8,000 people, maybe, and uh, go catch two baseballs and then just go home a week later. You'll be done. You'll be tired of it, but it'd be so worth it. I Can I tell you a story? Yeah. I, have a, I have a bit of a story. I should have been in spring training with you. Uh-oh. And I, was, and, and I was told that I was going, but the problem is we have blackout periods in radio where you cannot leave. And so it's right... It is literally, you could not get more in the middle of our spring blackout period, so I could not leave. And I was supposed to be down there for Channel One, so it would have been you and me hanging out then. That would be dope. Could have worn those cool shoes. And by by the way, the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, right? We're going to show it off some damn shoes. Uh, The same thing will happen next year. They'll be like, well, you love sports, so let's send you. And then then Radio will be like, same block. Sorry. Yeah. 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 I'll hold it down. Thanks, man. Work it in your contract. I get to go to spring training. Come on, you got leverage, right? Yeah. Just, Adam, just do it. It's just that, that easy. That one specific. Uh, you know what? I'll get. I'll get on that. <laughs> and then that ask easy. for a couple more million See, the thing dollars. Is, the thing about the thing about uh, negotiating is it's almost like you're going to the table with Lou Lamorello. It's Same. Pretty mm, scary. Pretty stuff, scary. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah just uh, not something I look forward to ever doing no. or having to do. And when they come to you and say, "But and hey, this is what you're gonna make." Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Let me sign yeah, the paper. Like, yeah. Let me get out of this. You're way, keeping you know? me cool. Yeah, I have cool, to do cool, this cool, every cool. year. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Um, so, okay. Uh, one thing I, I got to ask, and Faisal, I already know the answer to this question, but you're not, you are or you're not playing Pokemon Go? I am not playing Pokemon Go. Okay. Yeah. That's all. What, what, no. are, your th- what are your thoughts on people that do? Look, I, first of all, I have no problem with people who do. I think if you're <laughs> no, just because he's saying this because he saw me catching. I saw him yeah. crazy. I caught a wicked. Coming. We were late because he was playing. Po- Phil's well, being nice. We were right. late for two reasons. One, dude forgot to ask for the pizza in the pizza <laughs> store. Okay? That's cool. That's cool, Dangle. Not forgot. Too afraid to. Too afraid. Just the way he phrased it. I forgot <laughs> to ask for pizza in the pizza store. Uh, two, the at pizza a crosslight where we were waiting for it to turn green, and as it did. Mr. Wild found a couple Pokemon that he had well, to catch. So there was and a, it was a Staryu. Star Staryu. And then a Jinx. And then a Paris. Oh, you got three? Yeah. That's worth it then. Two's not worth it. Three's all right. Three's all and right. And they were pretty high power ones too. Why did we come up with these rules? I just made that up right Thank now. Thank you. Is that okay? I like his rules. I like his rules. I'm into his rules. guy asking me questions. Well, okay. Now, I want to. I saw this video and I don't know why I want to play this, but I just. It's this juice head talking about Pokemon Go. And I oh. saw it, and I was like, this screams our podcast. So this juice okay. head is not a fan of Pokemon Go, but I thought you guys would really appreciate it. And by the way, the, <laughs> the video is titled Pokemon Go Bullshit. <laughs> and this guy looks like a very haggard, over-tanned version of a WWE guy that was there for about three seconds. When I see goatee and bandana, I think man with good ideas. <laughs> so here we go. You know what? I'm a little guilty because last week I made an Instagram skit all about this fucking Pokemon Go bullshit that's going around, not knowing too much about it. Doesn't this guy already have enough of an outlet with his sports radio show in Pittsburgh? <laughs> right? Yeah. No, l- l- uh, listen, guys. All right. So you got your uh, Pikachu Go or, or whatever, uh, whatever it's called. And uh, I'm sick of it. Okay. Uh, some joker walks in front of my car the other day. <laughs> yeah, POS. It's like figure it out. I guess they don't say that in Pittsburgh, no. do they? No. Here we go. Okay. 
You know what? I'm a little guilty because last week I made an Instagram skit all about this fucking Pokemon Go bullshit that's going around, not knowing too much about it. I thought it was just a little fad. It would fade out in a day or two. But every Instagram skit, every Instagram meme, every fucking Vine is about this fucking Pokemon Go shit. Pokey stops and Pokey gyms. Well, I have a suggestion for you. Why don't you go to a real fucking gym and catch a fucking game to chew? Instead of going to these pokey gyms, it's fucking Monday, International Chest Day. Why don't you go catch yourself a Pumposaurus Rex? All this bullshit. Stop acting like you're 12 years old. Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go, fuck yourself. <laughs> right? Right? Well done. Pumposaurus uh, Rex. Pokemon Go, fuck yourself. <laughs> I want I'm done catching the games at you. I want you, Jake the Snake Roberts. I want you at WrestleMania 6. You and me. No holds barred. We need one of those. I don't know if you've seen those old WWF breathe in videos where they, they cut out all the words and it's just. It's just <laughs> now, I, I saw that. Why is he it. shirtless in his car? Because <laughs> he, he caught a fucking Gaines at you. That's why. It's International Chess Day, don't you know? <laughs> a Survivor Series! You and me, Marty Janetti, we are going toe to toe, and I will be the new Intercontinental Champion! <laughs> Is that not the best thing you've ever seen? Oh, real my God. <laughs> oh. I'm glad you appreciate that, Fable. I'm really glad. Oh my God. I don't think my opinion of Pokemon goes as animated or heated or, you know, I think about it as much as this guy, but that's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty Although, good. I don't think I'm that animated about anything. anything. Yeah. Anything. It could be fucking anything. <laughs> Imagine what that guy's like to hang out on a regular basis. Well, that's his regular voice, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my God. I hate to see him when he's mad. Anyway. <laughs> Apparently, his uh, Robert Frank 615, if you want to follow him. Yeah. You know what's going to be great? The follow up when he's addicted to Pokemon, <laughs> to Pokemon Go. Go. Yeah. yeah. That's where he was going with that. <laughs> All I wanted to do was catch a fucking drowsy, and I gave it a raspberry and threw a grateful at it, and then it ran away. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> That's cool. I guess on that, now are we ca- are we catching up with Liberty Village or are we going straight to the press conference? Uh, we go straight to the press conference. Let's do it. Uh, the Presser SDP. The Steve Dangle Press Conference. That First guy's, question. His face is too small for his neck. Like, yeah, like, what? Like, he's definitely like. I don't think it's just the, the going to the gym part. No, no, no. no, no, no. Well, yeah, that was gonna I think be my last John for the Jones day. and Brock Lesnar are friends. <laughs> I think him and everyone Mark Hunt has ever faced in a UFC fight <laughs> are friends. Our boys, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And Steve, you got the same shade of dark purple when you were calling out uh, Jake the Snake for uh, WrestleMania. By the way. <laughs> You got the same color as he did. But that's it's his been my dream to be the heavyweight champion. <laughs> and then you interrupted the match. I want a big piece of you, Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's good to know that we all spent our childhoods the same way. Yeah, we Oh yeah. It's good. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. good. All right, cool. Oh, no voice now. So oh. what's your first question, Jess? Uh, Michael wants to know when did you become so fashionable and esteemed? Oh, Damn, I want to know that too. And and to follow up on that, 
hints on picking the right suit because there's so many guys walking out around there with not the right suit and you are always the guy wearing the right suit. So yeah. there's that part A and a part B. Okay, so there's a couple answers to this. One, uh, I own a fashion company. I own a clothing company with one of my friends. Uh, oh, okay. No idea. <laughs> the, the clothing company, Simple As Co., uh, that started while uh, I recovered from hip surgery. So my friend and I were like, what are we going to do? And I'm like, all right. I don't know. And I don't he's know. Like, I'll be right. an entrepreneur. Yeah. So we started planning it then. A year later, after I was back in work, we launched it, and uh, it's been pretty dope. He runs a lot of it now because uh, I'm busy, and he mm-hmm. is too now. But uh, it's been dope. So fashion's always kind of been ingrained in my mind. But okay. I think when I started, um, when when the takeover happened, Sportsnet from the score, and they allowed me to start wearing suits instead of plaid T-shirts, wherein I could play checkers on. Um, <laughs> I literally had. All the plaid shirts in the world. I was known as the guy who wore plaid because the score, super casual. They don't want you guys in suits. They don't want you in blazers. They right. want plaid shirts, jeans. Nice. Weird to think that Elliot Friedman was at one point not allowed to wear a suit. Everybody, Elliot, and Tim Darren Dreger, Sid. Tim think and Sid. All those guys that come through that building. Yeah, uh, they were all super casual back in the day. Jackie, Sophia. Yes, yeah. yes. Wow, they yes. all came yeah. from the yeah. Damn. Yeah, we did all right there. Um, but when I started getting allowed to wear suits, is when I knew I could start pushing the envelope. So. Deb and Jess, um, stylist at Rogers, stylist the best. extraordinaires at Rogers, uh, took me and said, Hey, you want to be a little daring? And I said, yes, I want to like finally be a little daring. I always love colored socks and I figured why not just go with the suits as well? Why not be a 20 something year old guy on TV in this country and not just wear gray and blue all the time. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I got red suits, green suits, pink suits, purple suits, yellow suits. Like I got them all. So I think, uh, the evolution like was complete like three years ago and, and, uh, I don't know if I could evolve anymore, but it's it's pretty crazy now. So I'd, I'd say when I started at Sportsnet uh, is when the fashion became a big part of what I did because I the exposure became a little bit more prominent. Huge. Therefore, uh, huge the the personality should the clothes should match your personality a little bit more as well. Most guys and I I was like this until I was on TV regularly own one suit. Yes. They own the suit that they have to wear to weddings. Yes. Uh, and funerals. Up until, and it's black. Yeah. It's black. <laughs> up until last summer, the only suit I had, I bought uh, for prom. <laughs> so I had it for about nine years. That's a good suit. You yeah. got some legs out of that. Yeah. yeah still, hey, still fit. Did you still wear that fit. for your wedding or did you have a tux for that? Did I wear my prom <laughs> suit to my wedding, Adam Wilde? I was in the wedding party. I, I know. know that. Um, uh, no, wait, I, did, I bought two last did summer. You buy, did you buy that suit for prom? I mean, yeah. Oh, I <laughs> oh, did I? Oh, or did your parents? See, I hadn't begun video blogging yet. Oh, so, you so didn't get my free. free, my shower of free things had not yet begun. Uh, okay, all right, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Um, Faisal, yeah. Uh, what are the keys? Because it's an uncomfortable experience sure. shopping, yes, especially it guys. Is. Guys are really weird about it. I am. Yeah. What do you do? I think you just go in with some confidence, and when the person asks, "Hey, what are you looking for?" When, yeah, when the person asks, you know, what exactly are you looking for? Just be like, I don't know, show me your craziest thing. Let, let's just go from there. We start eliminating from the top down, you know? We know what you like. We know what you like. We know what you're looking for. You're probably yeah. looking for a blue or gray suit. Fine, but just <laughs> challenge yourself to try something on that's different. Just try something on that's a different color. Try something on that's a little tighter. You don't, your suit pants leg don't yep. need to be baggy. You yep. can have them hemmed and have them tight and your jacket, you know, doesn't need to be you don't need to be swimming in it it could be nice and tight just 
allow them to help you. Mm-hmm. you don't think you need to go in alone. Uh, look at pictures of your favorite dressed people online and go in with it. You know how some people go into a haircut with the haircut I want? Yeah. Go in with the suit style or suit color you want and be like, I want to look like so-and-so. They'll be like, you can't look like so-and-so. You're not that good looking, but we can try. You we, know, can, we can, can get try. 50%. Well, sorry, I heard that. I don't know. But... Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think a lot of people need to be more daring. I think we see it more. There's a lot more color on TV in terms of uh, what people are wearing. A lot more pocket squares and color ties and lapel flowers and stuff like that. I know sports in the States has become almost a fashion thing as well now. It's more so than just about the personalities. It's a lot about what they wear. And I think Canada's slowly evolving. I mean, you're a perfect example. You dress Greg extremely, extremely. Greg Zahn. Yeah. Greg Zahn, Cherry yeah. in himself. Don, but yeah. Greg is kind of in the classy Don Cherry way. You know, it's not vibrant in the patterns, but it's beautiful in the pattern and the color. And I can see his suits up close. And man, the detail is incredible. And uh, I think, you know, if you want a cool suit, you, you're going to pay a little bit more for it. But it's you. It's custom to your body. It's custom to your liking. And that's the key. I think that's Get the key. one custom to your Get body. The, yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's, and it, it is a little bit more expensive, yeah, but, it but it's worth so it. It's worth gonna it. last a lot longer as well. You're not gonna you're not gonna fiddle with it as much as you would with a normal suit. Oh, this is too big, a little too small. I should hem it myself. No, they'll take care of it for you and it'll be done. It'll be done. And uh one thing that people under like people forget, the shirt doesn't need to be big either. Get a shirt that fits you as well. Get it tailored a little yes. bit. You know, take a little bit from the back. You don't need that extra shirt hanging over the suit pants anymore. It's no. not 1984. It affects uh, how the rest of the suit fits absolutely, you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, uh, I think I've, I've seen it get better over the years and, uh, that's kind of why I continue to try to raise the game as well because right. everyone else is kind of doing it. Absolutely, and you know, and that's the thing is that that you know, for someone like me, when I and this is it's a little bit weird that we're talking about fashion, but one of the big things I have is you know, my clothing sponsor is Ted Baker, <laughs> and oh. great. <laughs> Great brand. Excuse uh, me. Excuse me no, what they, no, what they do is they no. They, listen, I don't get to keep it. It oh, just okay, they 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 say here wear this and then we're taking that back. Sure. Now. Okay. The problem that I have is that I've got I played hockey for years yeah. and I have thick hockey legs. Yeah. So that he's t- got a dog. So the Ted Baker <laughs> pants are literally it's like they spray painted uh, them on uh-huh. and the, the pockets are flaring so hard it's almost like they're gonna they're gonna fall off. Um. So so maybe don't go that tight. Um, no, but. No. Understand if you are a guy like me, ask them to, to let a little bit yeah. of that out from the absolutely you let them out. Let them out because you can you can do that. They they still fit you, and that's a good thing. Anyway, I, I think it's important we need to talk about that. Yeah. We had to we had to I had to bring that up because your fashion man is on point. Say the same thing back to you. Not you. Oh my right, right, Steve. But you know you're Excuse getting me. Well, the second half of the tweet was is Steve jealous? Is he? So. Oh, I'm jealous of you. Thank you. I'm not. I'm not jealous of Adam. Because <laughs> no. no. he doesn't wear Quaker. He doesn't wear Quaker shoes. That's part of the reason you're on the show. I'm like, teach me. <laughs> <laughs> well, go to simple ask. No I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know a guy. I know a guy. Um, next question. Uh, yeah, this one's from our Reddit page. It says, "You're the head of NHL marketing. What's the first change you make?" This is for everyone. Head of NHL marketing. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, fine. I'm gonna wait. I don't know. I'm thinking about this. Head of Steve. NHL marketing. Put dangling all my video. No. <laughs> uh, oh, fix the fucking website. The website, eh? The website's not that great. So eh? true. Website is a piece. Of I doubt go- that I even follows the- falls under marketing. Sure, but you're but, right. But yeah. that's a pretty. You know, you, I can tell you've been thinking about that one for a long time. And a lot of bloggers, a lot of hockey bloggers are. I upset used to. About I used that to use it every single yeah, day, multiple yeah. times. And now I don't even go because I know it's not going to give me what I need. I the the. You know what? They have hired some good writers. The navigation of the site is garbage. It's garbage. You wouldn't get an A 
in university if you submitted that for a project. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is a garbage piece of shit website. Fix it. Wow. Oh. MLB.com is fantastic. You can follow the game. I was at the Jays game yesterday and I was following the game from my phone and we could see in real time whether a strike call was bullshit with her, uh, so not like foul, the Islanders uh, in Game Seven of the Stanley Cup. Eh? Not, yeah, no, like yeah, guys, right? yeah. So yeah, but it was a. Co- it wasn't me actually watching the game. It was a compliment mm-hmm. to what was mm-hmm. happening right in front of my face. It was a compliment to it. The NHL website is not a compliment to anything. It's just garbage. It's just there. It's a lot of white space. There is. There's literally light. white, white space. space. And the thing about white space on a website. Um, is that it looks like unsold advertising yeah, space? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's all it looks it like. Look right. yeah, yeah, put a background on. It's not. It's not hard for me. If you don't mind, if you're still, if you're still, still holding off, here. I, don't know here. I, yeah. I think for me, it would absolutely be about the development of the personality. Yeah stars in the game yeah. and and what i mean by that is it doesn't have to be it's we're not talking about like chad otosinko here we don't need not that he was that even that negative he was just outspoken which i really liked but what you want is to encourage an environment where crazy things like john scott getting into the all-star game and um pk suban being a, a person who you seem like you can sit down and have a beer with that's celebrated um and i would start putting pressure on the nhl teams to do something about it. And I mean pressure. I mean real pressure. Um, unfortunately, in certain cases, like you look at the NFL, uh, there's, you know, then there's rumors about the NFL getting a little too cozy, the NFL league itself getting a little too cozy with like, say, the Peyton Mannings or the Tom Brady's and then having to go overboard when they get suspended because, well, we don't want to seem like we're too close to them. But the NFL does an incredible job of creating personalities. And you think about the NFL player, average NFL player doesn't make it five years, right? They don't make it five years. They're 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 in and they're out. And these guys are stars for the time that they're there. And and that to me, that's my thing. Hockey needs stars. So I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on that because I think the NBA does such a great job of yes. promoting their rookies, yeah. promoting yes. their star players, putting them in commercials, and making them personable to players. And not even in a way that's like inauthentic. They make fun of themselves. And mm-hmm. you know, D'Angelo Russell had that whole phone incident with Nick Young, Swaggy P, blown up in his face where it recorded him saying, yeah, 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 hook up with all these women. And his wife, Iggy Azalea, or fiance, was like, nah, I'm not about that life. Yeah, Nick of Young, course. You know? <laughs> Next commercial that comes out with D'Angelo Russell, he's telling a rookie to throw away his phone yeah. because it may not work. I think NHL players are personable enough that we can see them in things like this and, and have fun with their personalities a little bit more. And that, before you even said it, that's what I was thinking. I just like to see more of their personalities come to the forefront because I think, and you know this probably more than anyone else here, they are personal people. They have a lot of personalities in them. Yeah, but they're I, terrifying. I've met so many of them and there are so few that I dislike. Uh, a lot of them are kind of vanilla, a little, little milk toast or whatever. But I mean, like, like I, I've said this for a long time. Like, I've seen... Like I, I don't, I don't know if I've ever interviewed PK for like a broadcaster or an outlet. The only time I've ever spoken to him was for brands. It was for Nike. It was for Samsung and stuff like that. And brands worship the ground sure. this guy walks yeah. on because he sells and he's a delight to work with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, the, the NHL should look at him the exact same way. Every team should look at him the exact same way. I think the Preds will. He might be better they off will. there. I oh for like, sure, and the league might be better off that he's there. Um, he'll he'll be a, he will be a celebrity there. He probably already is, but I think he already yeah. is coming in, going to that bar and yeah. singing Johnny Cash yeah. with the cowboy hat yeah. on, and just doing it. First day, he's cheering there. him up. Yeah. Just, By the way, Montreal 
will rue this day a long, no. long time. Well, I mean, the fans, no, no, but I mean, like, the fans are, because yeah. the fans didn't want that deal. No. They're, they're going to hate this because he's going to be everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. But yeah. to, to get off the PK train, um, I'll give you an example. And he was groomed to be boring from the moment he was even whispered in the NHL, Sidney Crosby. Oh. Groomed to be boring. I don't think he's that boring. You think McDavid's the same way? Groomed to be boring? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Let, 100%. Lest we say anything that might slightly offend somebody. You know, I miss I miss the days when Eric Lindros and Mario Lemieux were like, "No, I'm not I'm not going to stand up and go s- and get and get that jersey on. You guys don't want me." But like, you, do you remember that Mario Lemieux comment from the 84 draft? He wouldn't go put the Pittsburgh Penguins jersey on. He said, "No, cuz they don't want me enough." Cuz they couldn't come it. to terms on a deal. Eric Lindros was like, "I'm not love I'm not playing for Quebec. I'm not playing, yeah, yeah, I'm not playing, playing for there. Quebec. Get out of here. I'm not going to disappear. I'm going to go to Philly or wherever, you know. He didn't know Philly at the time, but oh. you know, that sort of stuff came out. We saw that with Brett Hall. We saw that with Jeremy Roenick. And Jeremy Roenick is a bit of a windbag on uh, NBC most of the time, but at least he's entertaining. I didn't mind him when he was in the league. I loved him when he's in the league. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that we need. We had marketable stars. I think and basketball does it right. They do it yes. so, so well. And the players are young and vibrant and, and they they're understand cool. the culture. They're cool. That's it. They're cool. They're just cool. I think NHL players could be eventually if you start it at some yeah. point. Absolutely. You start it. Absolutely. Okay, is there... I just thought of this, so it's probably wrong. Does the NBA do a good job of establishing heroes and villains, you think? I think the players kind of do it themselves. Like Kevin Durant, who was for always... In always everyone's a eyes a hero, is now a massive villain because he's joining the joining the best team. So if we, they if we, always have these foils. LeBron was a foil for so many years, leaving Cleveland, bolting on a live TV show, and going to a different team, joining this super Miami Heat team, he became a vo- he became a, uh, a a villain. And people rally around him, teams rally around him, narratives in ESPN promos or NBA promos rallied around the fact that, oh, you're playing this evil empire in LeBron James, and then he wins his championship, everyone loves him again, everyone loves him again. The Boston teams with Kevin Garnett, that guy was an asshole, that guy is an asshole. And, and <laughs> they celebrate that stuff because it's it's good marketing to just do that. And I think you asked that question and it's absolutely right. There, the amount of times we're going to see Kevin Durant pinned as a devil with other teams in, in town or if they go to another team city, the narrative is going to spin around the fact that Kevin Durant joins a super team, we can take them down, you know? Hey, it's, it's like a wrestling. It's almost like wrestling. Exa- it's yeah. like the face and the heel. Yeah. The Warriors last year were face. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, they turned yes. heel so quickly. Yeah. They turned heel oh, so quick. in the finals and with Kevin Durant. Have Draymond made Green. Oh, yeah. Kevin Durant with the signing. Everyone making fun of Steph Curry. Steph Curry shoes. When did Steph, Steph Curry become a heel? Yeah. Steph Curry looks like a child that I just put him in my pocket and take him home with yeah. me. Yeah. Aisha Curry. Yeah. Everybody hates People started ripping Aisha Curry. What? You could never have called that a year ago. No. People were hating on Steph's child when she was the love child of everybody a year ago. It wasn't even a year. It was a week before. You're hating on a child. You're hating on a child. It's a child. I'm hating on a child. Like, oh, it's, 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 but this is what's so fun. I love it. Could we have this same conversation and be an NHL thing? No, 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 definitely not right now. And are we, are we an NHL focused show? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we couldn't even do that. Hell, we're an NHL focused network, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah. We can't well, and, do that. and here's the here's the There's other no thing. if you think about no, it. About it. <laughs> we're an NHL focused network. Yeah. Like, period. Well, and that's what's so funny in all of this too. And then you've got Taylor Hall and PK leaving the country. And make no mistake, that is a huge, huge loss. Huge loss. 
just at a time when the NHL teams in this country are starting to look up. I mean, it, it literally got as low as it could get last year. If Montreal plays normal hockey, they'll make the playoffs. Carey Price is back. That should be all right. Yeah, yeah. Ottawa will. Mm-hmm. It looks like they they need to make the playoffs. Um, so they're they're going to try. That I don't know how third it's... spot in the Atlantic is wide open. You got Tampa, Florida, and then take your guess. Yeah, um, and then you've got you know Vancouver having to make the playoffs because the Aquilinis allegedly want to sell. Edmonton finally looks good. Calgary will somewhat return to form, although I think last year was more indicative of what they actually are. I think Calgary might be the most improved team in the league. Really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, their, their goaltending sucked worse than any others by far. And their now coaching's it's better, too. Yeah. And their they're, coaching's they're better. a huge leap in, in coaching this yeah, year. And then you you've watch got for Calgary. No the Winnipeg word. Jets probably being uh, an extraordinarily sleeper-solid team. They'll be fun to watch. They'll yeah. be fun they're, to watch, They're going to be a fun team. Yeah. And Toronto, fun... Toronto at least has some hope. They probably won't make the playoffs, but at least they got some hope. Whether, Regardless of how good they end up being, pretty much all the Canadian teams will be absolutely worth watching. Yes. The, the, the Canucks for the gong show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Oilers for McDavid. Calgary will be a good team, I think. The Jets uh, could surprise. And Lion is there. He's, he's going to be fun to watch. And Lion will gonna be, be fun to fun. watch. Yeah. Yeah. You got the Leafs and Matthews, and, and you want to see how how much they rise. Uh, Montreal with the Weber and, and the Price the, and everything. Kind of in a gong show in itself, right? And That's the Bynum. a huge gong show. <laughs> hmm? was it not, not Bynum. What was his name? Um, the the depth oh. guy. Uh, Farnham? Farnham. Farnham? Bobby Farnham? Farnham. Farnham. You couldn't even think of it. Bobby Farnham. You Sorry. Him Bynum? Bynum? Bynum. 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 Farnham. Andrew? Andrew Farnham from the NBA. Uh, and then there's the Sens, and I mean, yeah. uh, yeah. 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 there. So, six yeah. out of seven. Yeah, yeah. 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 six oh, out of seven ain't bad. to 67. Anyway, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's very, uh, it's just interesting. It's just very, very interesting. That's a great question. We have another one? Uh, yeah. Josh wanted to know, what was your first impression of Steve? Like, when of you first Steve? Meet? Yeah. Man, he's a crazy person. <laughs> but in the best way possible, man. I think what I liked about Steve um, is that he just did it. He just wanted to do something his own way, and he kind of went and did it. And and uh, like when I started my sports blog, I had no idea like who you were or anything uh, related to what you were doing. Uh, I started this in university and it, it kind of led me to where I am now as well. But, uh, you just take a chance. You kind of put yourself out there and hope for the best. And, uh, once I found out about who you were, I saw your video, I turned down the volume and then I was like, all right, let's watch this <laughs> Do you again. blow your computer speakers? And, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bought new speakers and listen again. No, uh, man, I, I just, uh, I hadn't met you for a long time. I'd followed you for a long time. I found out that you were hired at Sportsnet. Uh, you sent those cool newsletters to us, hockey-wise, right. and kept us prepped for the day, I guess. Uh, but then I met you one day. But I guess you mean nobody read them? You You got a lot of thank yous, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm just giving him hell. He put a contest in one of them, and I won one of them because I found Avril Levine in one of them. Oh, someone was like, um, like, uh, I hope you're not just giving that to your buddy Faisal. I'm like, man, I, I like barely know Faisal. You won, know him, you yeah. won fair and square. And yeah. uh, yeah. I don't know. I just saw the evolution of the videos, the growing fan base, and uh, man, you're just you're just who you are. And I think in this industry in 2016, you kind of have to be that way to to make yourself known. And there's enough kind of vanilla broadcasters across the world and mm-hmm. doing sports. And uh, I've heard this on your podcast so many times from so many guys. Sports should be fun. Sports should be fun, and a lot of times we lose that focus. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, 
Uh, you're trying to bring that back. You're, you've brought it back in your capacity. I'm trying to bring it back. It's a little harder on TV sometimes when you're when you're yeah. so formally uh, processed. But uh, I slip in the odd Drake line here and there, and the pop culture reference because that's who I am. And, and I think again, I'm a 20 year old. I'm, I'm in my 20s talking sports in this country. It's literally the dream job. Uh, why not just have fun with it? And I think you're doing exactly that, and I appreciated that. Well, that is one of the you very much. best Sorry. things. That is amazing. Adam and Jesse never wow. say things that <laughs> nice. none of it's true. None of it's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. and, and for you, Faisal, as long as we're going to gush about each oh, other. we don't need to gush. Uh, you know what, gush. Gush for a second. One of the things I look forward to, uh, you know, watching TV, especially seeing you on TV. So, you know, when you're doing the highlights, there's only so much freedom you really have, right? Yeah. You kind of got to get in, get out. Yeah. People don't realize, like, those highlights oh. are on their TV for, like, what, as little as 30 seconds? Yeah. And, like, 90s pushing it, right? Yeah. 90s you're, you're not getting 90s. You're not. You're not. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, not a whole lot of freedom. But I do enjoy when you get um, the rare opportunity. It's, oh, Faisal's about to tell a story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love telling stories. I'm, I'm trying to think of an example, but I, I any think, intro that you do, really, when yeah. you, especially that standing screen that you guys have. Yes, we can. We have a little more autonomy with that, and yes, uh, I like those. Yeah, and when I hosted, I hosted Tim and Sid a couple times over the last uh, yeah. couple weeks, which was yeah. really, really cool. Uh, really, really cool for a guy who grew up watching them. Uh, but what you just said right there, the ability to be free and kind of be yourself and uh, kind of be smart and funny and, and sarcastic, uh, got to do a lot of it then, and, and it was mm-hmm. great. And I think a lot of people within and outside the company saw I'm more than just a guy that can speak for 15 seconds throttle clip right and, and kind of tag that with something you know and uh it was really really great to do and before that a lot of people would say like before hosting Tim and Sid the first show someone's like hey man you're sitting in Sid's chair and if you guys know Sid Sixero super outspoken super volatile at times hot take hot take hot take and someone's like you gotta be like Sid I'm like all right okay and I went I'm like I'm not gonna be I'm just this is my chance to kind of shine this is my chance to kind of show my personality show that I know what I'm talking about and uh I, I you know I can be Faisal like you said and yeah uh, it, it was cool to that's, do that and again, that's your I've, got, brand. I've got a lot of opportunity to do that over the last year and uh yeah, it's dope, man. So thank you. Thank you. I, I know whose chair it is, but pull out your wallet and check the driver's license. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. it's not Sid Sixero. It's, it's Faisal Kamisa. So Filling in. Yeah. yeah. Way and, less money than him. Wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to do what he does. Like yeah. That guy makes me look calm. <laughs> Which is the rarest thing you can say. Oh, yeah. 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 It's hard to be that passionate about that many things. Faisal, I don't want to end on... A, a negative note, but I have to ask this question because yep. I think it's something that's that everybody is kind of it's it's in our faces every single time we turn on a computer. Um, you've obviously been paying attention, like we all have, to varying degrees to the election that's going on yeah. in the states. Yeah, I want to know what it's like to be a Muslim with all of this going on. It's hard, man. It's hard to listen to it day in and day out and think about again the evolution of of my parents and and what they've had to fight through in itself just by being a certain race or being a certain, you know, religious back or being a certain type of religious background. And, uh, to think in 2016, we've gone so far backwards. It's upsetting. It's genuinely upsetting. And I get racist tweets all the time and I still, do you really? Yeah. All the time, man. And I I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't though. I can't believe that in 2016 here, especially we're we're still getting that in this country. And sorry. Yeah. yeah, You know what I meant by that though? No, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think are there there that many stupid people? Yes. There are that many stupid people. There are man. And, And it's upsetting. And I used to be like, all right, well, you know, at least they're watching kind of thing. But no, like, yeah, I know they're watching. I'm on a pretty big network in this country. Sure, thanks for watching, but 
don't do that, man. Like, don't, that ruins my day. Like, there was one time, a Sunday afternoon, just casually barbecuing with my family, and someone sent in a tweet related to ISIS and me being on TV and being something stupid like that, and it literally ruined the rest of my day. And it There's is nothing like, worse than a fuck your day up. Tweet. Yeah, yeah, like I it happens, hate you know. A fuck your and, day up. And tweet. then you see everything that's going on south of the border. I have family that lives in the states. Um, oh. I visited the states many time. Um, to think that in power could be a person that is so, you know, let's say it racist um, and and so goddamn ignorant to the realities of 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 what's going on in the world today and and so. I don't even know the word. So stupid. Just so stupid. Uh, it, it pains me, man. And Asinine. I think, yeah. Like, how are... I can't believe... Yeah. Send an email to yourself from, like, 2011 that Donald Trump is this fucking close to being the president. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 2013. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, you're asking. Like, I get... How is this a conversation we're having? It, yeah. Exactly, He man. was still a celebrity apprentice guy. Yeah. <laughs> a joke. You're fired. Yeah. But a except- laughing joke. Yeah. You're about to be hired Well, and the president. fact that now Omarosa is the head of African-American outreach for the Trump campaign. Stop. No. That is... That is you're actually, making that up. You yes, read you that want to Google it. It's fact. Get the... F- this is real. This is happening. <sighs> Faisal, the, uh, the reason I bring that up yeah. is because, um, y- you know, the, the, I think there's a lot of people who are freaked out, Muslim or otherwise. We are. And mm-hmm. it's a uh, it's a topic that we cannot run from. We can't, not even on this show. Wow. Um, and I want to know what it is you say to people, and this is going to be a bit of a tough question, what it is you say to people that say your religion is the reason for these attacks? I just, listen, man, I think, and I don't think I've found a lot of people in my life that have come out and said that to me, but I see it online all the time. And if I tweet something related to one of the hateful things that this man is saying, I'll get a lot of flag mm-hmm. back. And uh, if you think religion defines the act, you know, of, of what people are doing, and then you're stupider than I think. And then you probably deserve the the fate that you get by electing this man in into office if that's what you choose to do. But uh, I, I don't know what to say. It's, it's a tough question because it, it leaves you speechless, again, to think in 2016 that you have to answer to a question like that, man. We've come such a long way in our life. Like, it was in the 70s, 1972, uh, where Pierre Elliott Trudeau, mm-hmm. father of current Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, yep. allowed these Muslims into this country. And you think over 40 years, they've built a life for themselves. They've taken positions of office. They are pretty important. Like you, you, Canada's as diverse as it is for reasons like that, for allowing people because who people are abandoned are people. by other places in the world to come in and recreate their home here. And if you have to answer to what, they're doing and answer questions for the acts of senseless stupid people it's not worth having a conversation man it boils me just to think about it and and that's nobody's fault it is the world we live in and it it is something that you face every single day especially being a visible minority especially being on tv especially being someone that's not you know yes i'm not going to chime in on every single issue but if i did i'd probably lose my job but uh you know when things get crazy you know i remember in don mill's couple months ago someone throwing a rock at a lady with a hijab on just because she was muslim and that was after an attack in some part of the world uh, and ignore my ignorance i don't remember when because again it happened so well, often it's happened that, a lot yeah I, I don't remember when and i just tweeted that you know we as a country canada we're better than this you know and people started bringing rate like bringing my race into oh you think you're better than us i'm like no 
that's not what I'm saying, man. I just think we as people in 2016 just need to mm. be better, you know? I've already overcome enough shit in my life, man, that like to, to have to answer for that, for being born and practicing a certain religion is just not worth it. It's just not worth it. And let me just say, I'm sorry that I had to ask no, the question. I don't I don't blame you at all, man. I completely agree that it's a conversation and I think the message is is clear for a lot of people too. You don't need to defend your religion. You don't. If you have to defend your religion to other people, it's just not a conversation worth having because people are stupid and they're going to continue to be stupid whether you defend or not. Even if you put out the most calculated and thoughtful argument as to why uh targeting a certain religious group is stupid, they're just not going to believe it because their thought is their thought for a reason. So save your breath, save your energy, save yourself from getting an ulcer by thinking and, and, and you're not going to convert all, you're not these people convert stupid. You know, there's no substitute for stupid. I always say that. And, uh, I think again, Canada, we're great. We're, we have a wonderful country where it doesn't happen too often, but when it does happen, it still just boils me because we, we can be better than, uh, our, our friends down South right now because, uh, and we hope our friends down South and many of which are listeners, uh, are, are here in this and, yeah. and obviously a lot of I think a lot of the and people are that mortified listen, by it by yeah, the way. yeah. Like, well they will be I know that and I also think that quite honestly many of them are, would be on our side of the spectrum I anyway I, I, agree I, I don't think you can listen to the show and be a, an ultra conservative I really just <laughs> I, I, like we're just not that type of people it, we probably wouldn't appeal to you but no. Faisal I gotta say you are an absolute inspiration thank you thank you truly thanks the strength and perseverance that you have um, and that you've always had, um, is incredible. And I know that you're humble and you give credit to all your family and, and all your friends for supporting you. They deserve it. But my God, man, you are, you are unbelievable. You. And it is such a pleasure to have had you here. Thank you. Seriously. Yeah. No, listen, anyone listening again, uh, it's not the worst shit in the world when something happens, man, just keep pushing yourself. And look, 10 years later, cancer to national anchor on Sportsnet. It's not impossible. So yeah, keep fighting. You'll be all right. Hey, just national anchor on Sportsnet. You could have said that. And we'd be like, wow. <laughs> well, what's your right. full-time job? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Thank you, guys, man. Thank you. No worries. Steve, anything else to add? Hey, you're pretty rad. <laughs> no, I, I just invited you on because I thought you wore nice suits. I didn't know all the other stuff. So. <laughs> no, man. No, uh, thanks, Steve. No, we... I, uh, I, lo- I love what you're doing with uh, you. the hospital. I think I saw... Th- I feel like I saw that first that you were doing stuff with the hospital before I knew you even went through any sure, of that. Yeah. Um, and then obviously that hospital has helped us out in obviously different mm-hmm. respects. Everybody has a st- every look. That's what I found with this toy drive. Everybody had a story mm. uh, that related back to that place, whether it be a family member, a friend or uh, one of their own children, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. uh, everybody knows how good, uh, the good work that place does. So mm-hmm. it was easy to get a lot of support, obviously. And, and I think there's things you got to respect in this world. And, and one of the things I respect a lot, cause like, you don't have to do any of that. You don't have to. See, I feel like I do. It's weird. Well, and this is, th- and I know what you mean. Like nobody has to do anything. You don't you have to do just, anything. Exactly. You can yeah. just as easily sit there and not do that. Yeah. Is, is basically what I'm saying. And sure. I think you should, I think people should respect and appreciate people who, uh, choose not to do that instead they they choose to have an active positive impact on the world they're living in and i think you do that man thanks i appreciate that man so we will uh we'll be back I, we are back next week with or when do you go to scotland yeah no not yet okay uh, august 10th we okay st- i think we have at least one more show i think we got one more show before you go to scotland we take a couple weeks off we have no idea what's happening next week uh but <laughs> we we'll, have a show next tuesday uh, we we'll do have a show next yeah. tuesday that's all that you yeah. need to say okay yeah. Yeah. Or Thursday. I think next week sometime. Should I not? 
I don't I know. Christina Rutherford's coming Okay, cool. Up. But who knows? She's probably going to have to interview Wayne Gretzky yeah, or something. Yeah, oh, Michael Jordan at the same time. What does she even do here? I mean... Really. Besides everything. Besides <laughs> everything. Uh, Faisal, honestly, been a real pleasure. Thank you. Can't Thanks, wait guys. to have you on again already. Yeah, thank you. And congratulations on all your success. You're heading for the top, buddy. Thanks, man. I really appreciate have, uh, having me on. We will be back next Tuesday on the Steve Dangle Podcast, brought to you by Panago Pizza. I don't actually have to say this that right now, because, I mean, we have to say that in the radio but, portion. But, but I have... we are, though. We are. We are brought to you by them. Oh, I forgot the puck again. Uh, it's okay, though. I... I didn't see the puck, so I put this chili shaker there. Yay! In its, okay, in its place. By the way, that's for anybody that watches the videos. If you uh, no, I shook it into everybody. the mic because I am a broadcaster, Adam. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be. I, I wanted to leave on that note, but then I, I realized I was like, we, we're missing a prime opportunity here. We're missing a prime opportunity. So, Steve, and how will you be making fun? of I'm you? not making fun how of you. How will you be making? Fun I'm of merely. You? I'm merely asking <laughs> that that yes. you. Um, Call out Christina Rutherford in your in your uh, for, to promo next week in your wrestling voice. Oh, so <laughs> kind so of, maybe kind maybe, of promo for next week's show. Yeah, basically. <laughs> because Christina Rutherford by the way is like the nicest human being in the world by the and way it'll be a hell in the cell match <laughs> if you weren't away <laughs> so I don't have the crazy sunglasses so instead I'll just use my regular okay, glasses okay. alright oh yeah Christina Rutherford okay everyone's talking about Christina Rutherford alright everyone's talking about her she's such a big deal alright she got to interview Phil Kessel okay with his Stanley Cup and she got to interview what's his name Jay Happ one of the pitchers for the Blue Jays they got tons of pitchers on that team okay and she gets to go to Newfoundland with John Scott the all-star and she gets to have the screech and she gets to kiss a God, well, you know what? You can kiss this elbow if you don't come on this podcast, Christina. I want a big BCU for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah. Hell in the Cell. Hell in the Cell is where I'm going to win that championship. Okay. Well done. Well done. got to work on my Macho Man. You didn't, you didn't call him Mean Gene. You know what, Mean Gene? You know what, Gene? <laughs> Amazing. We will see you next week. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness. 